Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we are back and recording on a Sunday night box head. Sunday night, mate. Short Interesting. round. Interesting. Uh, the origin-affected round has just ended, obviously. Yeah. Mixed bag. Bit of a stinker. Yeah, it Let's wasn't. be honest, bit of a stinker. I enjoyed two of the games. I will admit that. I did enjoy South Sharks, mainly because of Souths, not so much mm. Sharks. If they would have played uh, a bit more like they did in the last five minutes, I would have been much happier. And today's game I enjoyed as well. I thought the Tigers, Roosters, while it had some errors, was quite entertaining. The other two games I wasn't too impressed with, to be well, honest. I was on, I've been on house duty all weekend with the wife, mate, picking up the baby furniture. And Look, she said to me a couple of weeks ago, when do you want to pick up the baby furniture? I said, well, this round's the perfect one to pick it up in because I don't, I don't really care if I don't see a minute of footy. If you want shit done, let's do it I did, I did manage to uh, see a little bit of footy, but probably not as much as I wanted to, but I sort of caught up last night. I was up pretty late, so. Yeah, well... To give everyone the format of what will be happening on this show, I put up earlier that we'll be doing uh, the Origin Preview, which will be the first part exclusively for everyone out there. So if you're only really interested in that, not the short and round, completely understandable. But the first part of this will be Origin Game 1 Preview purely in depth. Uh, Then we will move on to reviewing the short and round, the four games that we had. We've got some fan questions as well. There'll be no power rankings. It's pointless during this period in time uh, to shuffle things. Set of six, we have a few points, but not like a full one. So uh, it'll be a bit shorter as far as a normal show was concerned. We were going to do our tips, uh, our odds and our betting and all that kind of stuff. But because we usually are good enough to back it up and do a review show, we're going to do that for you this week as well. And we'll do our tips and our betting on our origin review show later in the week. So we're going to do all our tipping tonight, but we'll give ourselves a chance to see what pans out from Wednesday, uh, health and injury-wise, especially for a lot of people that, have been messengers this year, enjoying the insight um, for the betting side of things and what edges to bet on try scores, etc., and what we like to do in our tips for that reason. So uh, we'll wait until we get a clearer idea of who's playing Boxhead. Yep. But kicking things off, as we just said, Origin 1, it kicks off in a couple of days' time. We're lucky enough that we, we are going to be heading down Boxhead. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to that. Uh, new feeling this year. Two very, very new sides. Queensland, uh, we'll go through these lineups before we jump in and review it. They've obviously got three debutants, but you've got to remember, basically a new side. They debuted eight players last year, seven of which are backing up in this series. So there's going to be 10 players for Queensland that have either not played a game or a full series yet. And on the New South Wales side of thing, basically exactly the same thing. We yeah. have 11 debutants mixed in with six guys that have nowhere near the experience of their stalwarts, like your Slaters, the GIs and all that. But they're basically both brand new sides. This is a new... But I think um, we would agree that... Their changes have been forced changes. Yes. Our changes have been changes through choice. 
most mostly. Well, at the we right haven't really had a form. we haven't really had a player pull out of the side apart from Fafita. No, who played last year? How's it necessary? He's not available for selection. Is what I'm saying. That's right. No. I just think this, our side's been shaken up through shit form. Their side have, players have to come in because natural guys are retired. Yeah. yeah, natural attrition turnover. Yeah. They blooded seven last year. They still won the series, so why not exactly. continue? And they've rolled a few in. So realistically, there's 21 players out here though that haven't played a full series or are making their debut. Yeah, this is a brand new era in Origin, one that we've lived through. And I know a lot of people when they get to this time of year, they go, oh, "You." Well, guys- I've lived through both. Like I've lived through the Blues are pretty dominant when I was growing up, uh, and then now. As a young adult, I guess, Queensland have dominated. So I've seen a little bit of both of it. But someone like you and guys that are younger than you, you don't even really remember. I saw this. the winning streak when we had Bedsy and Jones yeah. and that at the back end. I think but we won be three series in a row. Uh, when I was a younger kid, I'm a bit patchy, but it was more year on, year off. It was a yeah. bit back and forth. So we haven't exactly had a real dominant period, bar probably my early teens where we won those last couple of series in a row before... 2006, the game at Eddie had where it all tumbled the opposite way. I would have been 16 when that started. I'm now 28. Yep. And we've won one series in that yeah, time. So, times. yeah, for most of my young adult life, when I've actually been able to go to the footy, have a beer, and try and get the atmosphere of the game, we've been losers. Yep. Good times. But uh, those lineups, as we said, for New South Wales, James Tedesco is obviously named at fullback. Trebojevic and Addo Carr are on the wings. Tom, that is. Latrell, Mitchell, and James Roberts, the centres. Maloney and Cleary, the halves. Uh, David Clemmer, Regan Campbell guard the props with Damian Cook at hooker. Boyd Cordner, the captain in one back row spot. Tyson Brazil, the other. Jack DeBellin starting. I still think that may change, and if it doesn't, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, on the bench, Paul Vaughan, Jake Trevojevic, Angus Crichton, and Tyrone Peachy. For Queensland, Billy Slater at fullback. Valentine Holmes on one wing with Dane Gagai on the other, the man of the series from last year. Greg Inglis returns, the new captain in the centres with Will Chambers. Cameron Munster partners with a man he had a Barney with an Australian camp, the Punch-On Brothers, the Bash Brothers. Mm. Benny Hunt at seven. Dylan Napa in the front row with Jared Wallace. Andrew McCulloch at nine. Gavin Cooper in the back row with Felice Kafusi, another one of these guys that played for country before state. Uh, and Josh Maguire, after missing five or six games, Gets named straight back in the starting 13. Michael Morgan on the bench, Josh Papali, Cohen Hess, and Jai Arrow. So I guess breaking this down, what we feel is going to happen, uh, where this game is going, new era, probably the big thing. Like I said, these are two newer sides. Queensland blooded all those young guys in last year. They got the job done after going down in game one. Um, there's a few more changes again. As you said, forced, I don't think any change bigger than the one with the number nine jersey changing hands finally to Andrew McCulloch who's getting first crack at being the Queensland number nine now that Cameron Smith has retired so that is a pretty huge part um, as far as changes are concerned Jai Arrow had to be picked I don't think there was any doubt that he's forming out of a lot of guys in their side that haven't been exactly playing the best like Papali I think he's been good the last month but got dropped a cup you got Cohen Hess, who's been a bit up and down. I think Gavin Cooper, to be That's honest. That's why I'm shocked. I'm I wouldn't have still picked. bloody shocked that Matt Scott didn't get picked. When you yeah. look at all the form of all those players, yeah. But yeah, Felice Cafusi is no surprise to me. Um, you know, obviously the other guy that got in there, Jaira, he was kicking the door down. He's been outstanding week in, week out for your Titans side. He's been the best player by country mile. Yeah. There's no doubt that he deserved he that spot. His spot. And yeah. out of McCulloch and Friend, McCulloch has just been rock solid seven out of ten his whole career. Friend was red hot a couple of years ago, seemed to be improving. He had a down year last year, I'd say, and this year he's still kind of been a bit patchy, so there's no way I would have picked him. And the other one for me as well, and I seen it again the other night, people out there that are throwing up Granville's name or offended that Granville's not playing, how you can even throw him in the argument right now with those two 
you got to give yourself a triple. Mm. Uh, even just watching that game the other night, no Trebojevic's at Lotto Land, Manly played piss poor, and Jake Granville runs last tackle, ducks his head into the line when they had an open side where JT's calling for the ball, like shit like that. If you think he deserves to play Origin the way he's playing, I honestly don't think he's had a good year since they won the grand final. Yeah, He's slowly as well uh, gone backwards for me. So. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, McCulloch to me, I've got no problem with that. Well, it, yeah, it's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, looking, absolute no-brainer. Looking at their side of things, like you said, Matt Scott is the one that you thought should have been in. Other than that, I don't think there's much else in that lineup that you would change. Yeah, I'd, I'd get rid of Gavin Cooper. I wouldn't have picked Gavin Cooper. Well, I agree with that one. Uh, I had the same thing. On the New South Wales side of things, the best thing for us, I guess, this year, and a lot of people said last week, why well, was Brock? I also, I also would have made room for Corey Oates. I don't know how I would have done it. Well, honestly, Just dif- difficult. I don't know. Can you? You can't really play those centers. You can't play in the back row. You full back. Corey Oates is a back row to me. <clears throat> That's his position long term. He's one of these guys that comes to the juniors. Yeah, you're not going to de- you're not going to debut him in the back. No, row I'm not going to debut him in the back row. But I honestly think that there was a possibility just to carry a big body off the bench for 20 minutes instead of picking someone out of form or not having Cooper there. Yeah, starting fair. with Papali, yeah, put him on the bench. Yeah, it's fair. Give Papali the start in the back row, push him in a tight, put Oates on the back then row I just, for 20 minutes. I look and I look at what Callum Ponga did last night and go, I just had to get him in the side. Well, if Billy's not there. Uh, he's first cab off the rank playing at fullback. So, for now, he's going to have to wait his turn, but I'm sure we'll see him at some stage. New South Wales team, like we said, uh, the best thing for once this year, we finally picked the right team. Uh, The players that we picked the other week that weren't in, we didn't have a problem with because the guys that got picked were in form. So, McInnes and Cook, flip a coin, basically happy either way. The centres, the fact he's gone with attack with Latrell and Roberts, I'm not bothered by that. Uh, You know, that Aiken missed out, who's probably a safer defensive option, but probably not as good in attack or... Scott was considered before he got uh, suspended, but uh, other than that, I, I can't complain. I think we've finally picked a side on form. I hear people saying, well, what happens if we have picked a side on form and we lose? Are we still going to be angry? I'm like, well, I'd, I'd be, I'll, it's a lot easier to cop when you pick the right players well, or the deserving players. It's two or race, and it's, yeah. the most, it's the most elite uh, level of our game. So you're never, ever, ever going to be a sure thing in origin, ever. Mm. But... Well, You've got to control the elements you can control. Yeah. And all I'm getting at, though, is it's easier to cop if you feel you've picked the right team or you've put the right players out there that deserve to have a red-hot crack or you think will do the job for you. Yeah. I think our frustration, a lot of people said last week, we you on red cordial or pepped up a bit? I was going to say, for once, I think you're just happy because usually when we talk about this, we're talking about eight or nine guys that yeah, probably shouldn't be there. sick of talking about our shit side. Poor management and poor culture, and I think we're hopefully going to see the change of that this year. Yeah, so we're we're pretty excited. But even if we even if we don't, like say we cough up this first game, at least we've he's tried something. Yeah, I'd rather that than lose with the same guys you know we're going to lose. Yep. So, yeah, I, full support behind the Blues. We're going to be down there. It's going to be sensational. Can't wait. Yep. We're getting into the nitty gritty of it. I look at the New South Wales side and the first. We're going to say the same thing. I think of is the Ford Pack. I think it's the real obvious yeah. thing. We feel that we have the better forward pack. We feel if we do the right job, we dominate the middle, we can control the game, which unlocks those Based on club packs. form, we've clearly got the best forward we pack. We do have the best forward pack. But... And we've got a very good... But one. that we've seen this in the past where they've guys picked guys like Nate Miles and even Matt Scott and these type Papali that then come in and do the play job. the house down. So Ashley Harrison, all that, those that guys. That form that doesn't do really uh, mean much heading into origin but you would think on paper and on form yes we have the better forward pack yeah and I think the bigger part of that is and like we said before we have to win the middle of the field to unlock two of our more dangerous players which will be floating around the pill which is we've picked Damian Cook which clearly says that we want to 
torment the ruck, dictate things there, open up space, and just go after him. So if that's going to be the case, if our forwards and our interchanges do the job, Vorny, Tripojevic, etc., coming on doing their job, whether Frizzell gets pushed in when Crichton comes onto the middle, they lay the platform. You're going to see Cook jumping out, trying to pick space, trying to find holes, and you're going to have Tedesco floating around the mm. football, which is, I guess, like I said, this team has been picked to try and blow Queensland off the park. We're not trying to defend them or pick to contain them like we have in the past, which is another pet hate. We've picked a side to try and beat them, yeah. not to contain them. So looking at that side of things, I think the flip side of it is if your forward pack doesn't do the job for New South Wales, you've got added pressure on what has been spoken about. We have picked dynamite edges, Latrell Mitchell, James Roberts, Adokar, Tommy Trevojevic, etc. attack you and just blow you off the park, get you from anywhere. But the real question, I guess, is if the middle doesn't do their job, they don't get the football. Defensively, there's some questions. Mm. That's, over origin, those new that's edges. origin in a nutshell, yeah. like, really, isn't it? If, and, if you don't win the middle... Yeah, well, Good luck. the whole game's gone. And yeah. I, I guess the flip side of that, again, is the yardage. There's been a lot of questions on the yardage work. And mm. I don't feel so bad about it because I look at Tom Travojevic, who is a big body, and I don't think he's going to have a problem carrying out of there. Well, Addo Carr, Carr doesn't have an issue in the NRL. I don't think he could have answered it any more better the last two years because I, myself, as a Melbourne fan, when we bought him last year, was Devo. You didn't like it. That we lost Corabidi mm. thinking, well, we've bought a lightweight guy who I don't think is going to do the job that Corabidi did. Corabidi, to me, was the best yardage carrier in the comp for yeah. a winger. And Addo Carr kind of brought the speed element, not so much the power that he had, but brought the footwork and picking gaps and getting between defenders. And he's just that quick that he gets his nose through a gap or he beats the first man and he finds his front every time. So mm. I think he also I, has I shown... Think, I think, though, Kevy Walters and the Queenslanders are going to compress their defence right up. Yeah, and try and kill okay. the set start. So New South Wales need to be ready for that, not be shocked when that happens, and then have a plan B. Yeah. To be able to shift it early to those edges. So... I, I call them shift scoot set. So you shift for a scoot. So you can't scoot straight away. No. So Queensland will, I think they'll kick into the corners. They'll probably kick early. They'll try and um, pin New South Wales into a corner, hoping then, compress their defence right up, hoping then that we're just going to scoot out of there. Yeah. So we need to get back defenders. on side in, in position with some shape early and shift and move the point of attack for a scoot. Mm. Not just run into the middle of the, and the guts of their no. defence. That's that's where we're going to be able to make some yards. But that's then going to fall back on the referee. Are the referees going to allow Queensland to stand a metre offside, which we've seen in Origin? You know, like well, they reckon they're, they're going to go ref- away. like a club game. So I'd really like to see the referees not blow a lot of penalties, but keep them back. Mm. Like make sure it is a good ten, so we see see some good footy. Uh, but that's that's where I think the game will be won and lost for New South Wales. So. Because our forwards aren't going to be effective if these outside backs do get jammed early. So no. that's got to be Queensland's whole game plan. And this is the flip on both sides. We are relying on our middles to do a job to open up for our edges, but at the same time we need Roberts, Luttrell, Adokar, Tom Dravojevic, etc., to start our sets off well. Because yeah. if they get killed play one and two and kill our sets, our middles aren't going to be able to get back on side. We're going to be struggling to get out there, and then we're going to be relying on territory the kicking game of clearing Maloney, which I don't have a big problem with. I feel confident about that. But our set starts are vitally important for our middles to get I, us. I also feel confident in the, um, Freddie's coaching from a kicking perspective. He was yeah. one of the best um, in-game kickers of, of the football I've ever seen in terms of knowing the appropriate kick for the appropriate time. I think mm-hmm. only Andrew Johns, you could say, was, was better. Obviously, you look at Smith. Cameron Smith is the best in-game kicker of the last ten years since yeah. Johns, because how many especially. times? How many times have we gone? Oh fuck, he's kicked it, 
and they, 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 it's landed on our try line, and oh. we're 30 metres, 40 metres away from the ball, and they tackle us five out. Just he, And he does it in NRL games all the time. How many times he kicked 40 20s? What year was it when we got pumped in the side? Was it 2014 or 2015? Yeah, which one? That one where we went, it was game one of that series in particular, I remember. Wet weather, New South Wales. We spent the first 15 minutes dominating possession, dominating territory. Yeah. They could barely get it outside their 30. He jumps out after almost six or seven sets where it feels like we've just been waiting on top of them. We got a couple of dropouts, puts it on the boot. I think it was third tackle, and I'll never yeah. forget it. Fullback's back there, which is Dugan. He's kicked it almost 65 metres. It has rolled all the way down into the corner after them being under the pump. It's Dugan has to run back. Game. We get there. They get down there. They pin him inside 10. Three tackles later, we're not outside the 10. Flips the game. They get a couple of repeat sets, which is something they've done better than us for a long time. Yeah. And next minute, we're down two tries and we're in trouble. Exactly. So uh, this year, that is massive that Cameron Smith is not there for that reason because it's going to say there's no knock on McCulloch, and I said it the other week. To me, he's a poor man Smith, which is a massive rap, to be honest, because Cameron Smith's a hell of a footballer, yeah. but the kicking game in particular. But I just think that Freddie would have gone through situations. He would have done a lot of homework on Billy Slater in terms of where he likes to be, but... Billy's the best fullback ever, and the best part about Billy is that his his ability to move. He, he covers, covers ground. more ground, so he's going to get to a lot of these kicks on the full. Um, I like the fact that so for, so from New South Wales, I'm going to try and land in the middle of the field as often as I can on last play, so I can split the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other side of that would be I'd do a little bit of what Cronulla do in terms of getting a two-pass, bringing the defence up, and then kicking behind the defence. They love doing they that, do that with Wade, with Wade Graham. Graham. But I'd just have Maloney or Cleary on a two-pass. Well, you can do that. You can get them to link. You can put Tedesco in and there as a link. And just that would then alleviate that. It would bring the winger up and allow us to kick behind them. We've also hopefully got, find some grass. Yeah, we've also got two locks that we can link in there if we don't want our halves on the same side they of the field. Make the it obvious. Yeah. Jake Trebojevic and Jack DeBellin, who can play that link man if you want to yeah. play to a half on an edge. But yeah. I think, and the other thing, it, it doesn't allow that... Pressure, you know, like if, you, if you're kicking from a tram or kicking from a sideline, it makes it very obvious who's getting the ball and allows oh, that pressure to come. So. 100%. I think on the flip side of what I just said to start with, though, that we're going to be relying on our little men to be effective in yardage and our forward pack to dominate, obviously, to give them a chance and to and be effective. When you, when you talk about effective, it's not just making metres. It's about how that Quick play the ball ends. Yeah. yeah, so where they land... How many players Queensland get in? Do they do Queensland's is Queensland's contact good enough to hold them up? Yep. Like that'll be a lot of it. Can can Queensland hit, stick, and hold up our outside backs? Yep. Because if you've got Ado Car running in, Trebojevic running in, getting ten, getting down, yep. Tedesco mm-hmm. getting down, uh Mitchell getting down, uh Roberts getting down, you're then yep. gonna get hurt because they're gonna have someone else coming out their ass on a scoot. Yeah. And we've got a lot of speed. The two that you'd be targeting though in particular because they run a bit more upright and they're well, Adokar's not as tall as Trebojevic Tom, very upright. but you can get under Adokar because he's light. It's harder to get Latrell because he's so powerful and it's harder to get Roberts because he's built low to the yeah, ground. But the Trebojevic two, is the one. The two you'd want to get are Adokar because he's lightweight and Trebojevic because he's six foot three, six four. You can get under him, flip yeah. him over. So on the flip side of that though, we have the opposite conundrum if you're a Queenslander. Their set, <laughs> their set starts are going to be great and we need to be very effective like you said with kicking game putting them into a corner, making them work out of there and trying to kill their set starts, play one and two, like you said before, with how they play the ball, the speed of it. Because realistically, their middles are going to be relying a lot on the help from their outside backs, and rightfully so. Will Chambers has got an outstanding scoot. Dane Gagai, the last two years, has been the best out of dummy half in origin, which is why he won the end of the series last year. Valentine Holmes can take a dirty carry, even for a smaller man. It's a very underrated part of his game. And Greg Inglis is a monster. Yeah. And he's slowly built into the good form that he's had this season. 
And I have no doubt now that he's back for Queensland and he's captain, he's going to be playing with a massive chip on his shoulder. Mm. So yardage is the opposite problem for them. We know their yardage is going to be good. But as you've said, our kicking game needs to be effective. Mm. If our, our chase shit, needs to be good. And then we allow them to roll out, we're going to be in trouble. We're never yeah. really going to win so, uh, the yardage battle. We've literally got the flip side of one another. We know, their, yeah, we well. know their yardage is going to be good. So yeah. how can we limit that to stop their forward pack, who we think is going to struggle to hold us out? But on the flip side... Well, if we their yardage need, is good, it's going to prop their forward pack up. 100%. And that's what I mean. They need yardage. We need to kill that badly. We need those effective kicks, like you said, fine grass, put them in the corners. We did a real good job game one last year where we picked out Corey Oates as the best yardage carry they had. We just bombed him him relentlessly. We gave him high ball. And the point of that was he did a good job taking all those high balls, but we didn't let let him get moving. We pinned him in the corner and we took their best first carry off them. And they really struggled. And we just bashed him, kept him in their own half. The territory just killed them. We just started rolling up field. We got offloads. We tied them out. But I think literally that's probably the two most important things right there coming into this game. We have the better forward pack, but we need our outside backs to help our set starts or keep us moving. And then on the flip side, to take their forward pack out of it, which we hopefully will and should dominate, we need to kill their set starts because their back five are going to be much more effective than ours. Yeah. Uh, looking at the the half side of thing as well, I think we're pretty lucky in the fact that I think we've got two guys that have fantastic kicking games. I think James Maloney kind of ticks all the boxes as far as attacking kicks, long kicking. I think Nathan Cleary has proven in a very short space of time that he's got a very good long kick and he can short kick as well. On the Queensland side of things, um, I'm looking at and watching Melbourne. Munster has been kicking a bit inside 20 and he kicks quite well, but he also has very good weapons in Adokar who you can stuff up the timing of a kick and get it right. But I don't see him doing a lot of long kicking. McCulloch, I feel, is a bit limited at club, but sometimes when he does kick, I think he's effective, but I don't think they're going to put that pressure on him. So I find that we are in a situation of what I said last year with Cooper Cronk when Milford was there that I feel that their primary kicker is going to be Ben Hunt and we need to do a very good job kick pressuring him, yeah. knocking him over, putting on his back, wrapping him up and just making him uncomfortable because I honestly feel that he's going to be doing the majority of the kicking. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel we have two primary kickers. We've got options left and right. I think he's going to be doing the bulk of it for Queensland. So again, not only killing their outside backs and set starts and then getting stuck into their middles and slowing them down, but I really feel we can get after Ben Hunt if we do a good job of that. Yep. And that's just going to roll into what you said before, territory, rolling up field, starting to work our way yep. inside there. Yep. But um, I think the other part of it, when you look at edges, and this is the thing we're talking about with what we've picked, we have picked guys in form that deserve to be there that are outstanding attacking weapons. But at the same time in saying that, if our forwards weren't to do a good job and their pack can stand up to ours, Maguire... Uh, Wallace, Napa, etc. They're in change forwards. They can get to what has been highlighted a real weakness in our side, which could end up being very bad for us. Our left edge, they're right. So <laughs> our left edge has got Boyd Cordner, who's pretty solid defensively, but outside of him, you've got James Maloney, who's most missed tackles in the comp. There's no way to hide it. He's outstanding with the ball, but he does fall off tackles. He's missed 81. He's missed 30 more than the next best person. Next to him is Latrell Mitchell who's been much better this year, but he still has a rocks and diamonds decision in his game. So putting those two next to each other with Adokar, who does a pretty good job of solving things with his speed at Melbourne, but not having played together those three, that is a frail-looking edge if they get momentum or they can get some football out there with their forward pack doing a good job. Yeah. And then you flip it over, they've got Felice Cafusi, Will Chambers, who are the Melbourne combination with Billy Slater, who loves playing to that side of the field. And you look at the grand final last year, Billy played to Felice. He played to Chambers. He played to that edge a fair bit. They're going to be running plenty of traffic down there with Benny Hunt. So that is a pretty decent edge with Gagai on the back end of it, who, again, like we said, has been very effective in Origins. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the one they target. 
The other side of the field, uh, Roberts, I'm not saying that he's the best defender in the world and he's going to have a hard time containing Inglis as well. But I still look at that side with Frizzell and Cleary with Roberts and feel a lot more safe with that because Nathan, for as young as he is, is one of the best defensive halves in the competition. Mm. Tyson Frizzell is an outstanding defender, so I feel there's a lot more help on that side of the field for Roberts yeah, to me, and look, Tommy. Yeah, the two centers are a concern, but Maloney's, a, Maloney's the biggest concern. And, yeah. and Freddie said that. Freddie's rung Maloney and said, look, mate, you've got to sort that out. So I would imagine that Freddie has been thinking about picking Maloney for the last 12 weeks, and he would have been watching every game of James Maloney and working out why when he misses, why he misses. Is it is can could inside help help him? Could outside help help him? Just that that's Freddie's job. That's Freddie's job. He should be watching every game trying to work out how to best alleviate those missed tackles and his deficiencies in, in an origin arena. So I reckon he'd be all over it. Um, otherwise he wouldn't have picked him if he thought it was going to be the reason why they lose a state of origin game. I don't think he would have picked him. Simple. So I think he, he's gonna have had Things in place, and he obviously thinks he's got systems there that are going to they're going to be able to alleviate that. Yeah, and like you said, Nathan Cleary is going to be solid as a rock. Well, and him and Frizzell inside of Roberts, I feel much better with. And Tom, why everyone's going? He hasn't played on the wing. He came and in. Roberts, Roberts, and Mitchell often miss because they're too aggressive. Yeah, well, as they're it, too uh, aggressive. They like so to I think, look, it's Freddie again is going to have that conversation. Like, Maloney, boys, I love your aggression, but mm. you need to make sure that you're linking in with your inside and outside man. Maloney's got a similar problem where. I guess they've had injuries, so they've had different edge combinations, but he hasn't trusted players. And there's been a few bad misses where he's just jammed in yeah. a man or two that he didn't need to, and he's left the hole or he's left him short to be passed around because he's not effective with his stick. So um, the edges are obviously a concern, but I feel a lot more safer with that Cooper, Munster, Inglis edge with Holmes. Not because Munster and Inglis aren't dangerous, they're outstandingly dangerous weapons, two of the better weapons in that side. But yeah. Cleary and Frizzell, I just think, will hold themselves better and do a much better job with Roberts. And I think Tommy is just a much calmer head probably as well on that wing and will do, you know, as he's told or he would have picked up a lot and listened in camp. But mm. um, Gavin Cooper, I'm more with you. I don't really see him as much of a threat. I don't think he's got great leg speed. I don't know if that... He'll probably and, come out and win man. Him match. and Munster. I think Munster as a running threat will be outstanding, but that'll be very interesting watching him and Cleary go up against each other. Um, Inglis on Roberts, they're cousins as well, I'm pretty sure. So there's a bit more extra spice on that. But, yeah. Uh, I still feel the biggest one is that right V left, their right edge versus our left with Maloney, Luttrell, etc. If we can't hold their middle or don't contain their middle and give them chances to shift and play to that edge, we could have some problems. Yep. Uh, that could be something we really, really need to worry about. But uh, I think the other thing, again, is we need to dictate the ruck speed. And I feel with our forward pack, DeBell and Clemmer, Cook, uh, Campbell, Gillard, our starters against Napa, Wallace and Maguire, who, let's not forget, hasn't played for six weeks. If we dictate ruck speed and kind of kill uh, any threat from dummy half, which I'm not saying McCulloch isn't a threat from dummy half, but, but compared to Smith, I'm not really worried as much about ball playing, the manipulation, getting guys over the ad line. He'll do his job and he gives good service, but you're not going to have to be as accountable. I'm not saying you, you switch off, but he is nowhere near the threat that Smith was from dummy half, and we're not going to have to worry about him jumping out third play inside their half and going for a 40-20. Yep. So I feel with that side of things, we may do a better job with line speed, in the ruck, shutting them down and killing ruck speed early on just because he's no longer there. Mm. And we know what a job he's done for some players, whether it be at Melbourne or in Queensland. Your Glasby's, for example, Riles at the back end of his career at Melbourne, Jamin Lowe's. He's made a lot of guys look a lot better than what they are simply for the respect he commands around the ruck and the way he dictates. Yeah. So if we don't win that there, I'd be pretty disappointed. And then on the flip side for them, if they don't kill our ruck, you know what Damien Cook's going to do. Oh, yeah. He will jump. He doesn't need much of a sniff to go. 
former beach sprinter. I've been saying it for years while I've been on the show, and people go, why does that matter? Well, you've seen it this year, why it matters. Acceleration off the mark, I dare say he'd be as quick off the mark over five or 10 metres as Addo Carr or Roberts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's as quick over 100, but in that short burst off the mark, I'm telling you right now, I think if they did a 10-metre time, he'd be close to as quick as yeah, both those right. blokes. He's very quick. And Tedesco, no doubt, will be tagging along the back pocket of him in the middles. Yeah. Um, DeBellin, we know, has a tip on. Clemmer and Campbell Gillard aren't as effective, I guess, with offloads, but that won't be their job, I guess, for the starting part. It'll be get to that gritty period with Napa and Wallace and Maguire and try and get at the top of those guys. Um, as far as what's coming off the bench, I'm looking at, we are talking about this right before, Vaughn and Jake, it's pretty easy, I think, that they're either going to go on and play prop for Clemmer and Campbell Gillard, or they're going to move one of those guys in for DeBellin. Yeah. You get the feeling that Crichton's only going to play on an edge. That's his position he plays on the edge. So if he's going to play an edge, he plays on the right. Frizzell's played front row, lock before in origin and also for Australia where he's been reshuffled. You get the feeling if Crichton's time comes, it'll be Frizzell pushing in the middle, maybe DeBellin or one of those props coming off. Yeah, it's hard to know sort of how they're going to work him in. But yeah, you'd think Frizzell would go to the middle, Crichton would then come onto the edge. Yeah. That's how you think, yeah. So looking at the interchanges, Cook, does he play 80? I think they've picked him to play 80 unless we get desperate at the end or we need something different. Can they play Peachy yeah. there? I think they said Peachy done a session. Peachy's your wild card. Peachy's, yeah. Peachy could play anywhere. And the best part about it, and Freddie touched on this, a lot of people are going, well, where are you going to play him? How are you going to use him? Because the number one thing is there's multiple HIAs in the, every game, it seems now. It's smart. You could not have a better guy on the bench to cover yeah. for. He's played center. He can play fullback. He can play six. He can, he's not, there's not a sport he can't do. Yeah, He's literally the best possible utility you can have. And again, if it gets to the back end and he wasn't part of the plan and we've rotated those middles and we've got two changes left up our sleeve and we just need some impact, you throw him on at 13 and just let him go. He doesn't need a position. You just put him on the field and you've got 15 or 20 minutes for him to bust a tackle, throw an offload, or just do some magic. Exactly. But he's the ultimate utility, like you've said, that is there for that role. And when Freddie touched on it, uh, it's spot on. And I think the upside to him more so than a Morgan or the utilities they've had, not saying Morgan can't do that job, he doesn't just cover those positions. He's played all of them and played them all well in the NRL. Like Morgan, to me, going into nine doesn't really make much sense or wouldn't be as effective. Six, one, center, et cetera, he can do a job, much like Peachy can, but in the middle as a forward, getting an offload or breaking the game open, I don't see him doing as good a job there or is it nine as what Peachy could do. So yeah. you couldn't have a better made uh, utility, but I realistically see those three guys being rotated that way. Vaughn and Trevojevic will be for Clemmer, Campbell Gillard, or maybe DeBellin, depending on how you want to play him, but they're all tight players. Crichton's only going to play at the edge, so you'd think Frizzell would shuffle for him. And Peachy just depends on the situation, how the game pans out. For the Queensland side of things off the bench, Arrow's going to come on and play tight, and rightfully so, because you're looking at Maguire, like we said before, he's played no footy. It's been six weeks. Six weeks, yeah, that's right. He plays big minutes, but if he's not good to go, they're going to need Arrow to come on and play big minutes and cover that role. And regardless, he plays middle. He's not an edge player. Mm. Uh, Papali, he's played front row for Australia. He's played locket club, back row. He can play all those roles, but you feel on this side, because they're lacking a couple of front roles, he's going to be playing middle. He's going to be coming on. They'll be relieving Napa, Wallace, and probably Maguire. And even Hess looking at the bench. Hess is going to have to play in the middle at some point because Napa's not going to play much more than 40. Wallace can punch out some minutes. But if Maguire doesn't go the distance or he gets hurt, then you're short straight away. And then you're looking at your edges going, well, Cooper or Felice, they're not going to push into the middle like a Vizel will. Felice did play some prop when he first came into grade at Melbourne, but that was three or four years ago now. He's in he's the Australian back row, or he's been the Australian side. Yeah. So they probably have less of a luxury in the middle, which is why that is an area we need to target. And that goes back to my next point here. Clear, man. The slab 
if we are we have the better forward pack, agreed, or we think we have the better yeah, forward pack. We've yeah, got right. good interchange forwards there. We've got plenty of power, footwork, dynamic speed, offload. We should really kill the middle. But if you are targeting something as Brad Fittler, and I'm sure they've spoken about this week, if Josh McGuire has not played football for six weeks, you're when you're ready. working over the middle, you are going after him and you are going after Andrew McCulloch. Mm. Because I'm looking at Morgan as well. Uh, sorry, not Morgan. McCulloch playing nine, and he plays 80 at club. I get that. But I feel if you do a number on those two in particular, Maguire's not going to play the minutes he usually does, and he's not going to be anywhere near as effective. So I think you can really work him over. McCulloch, is their plan to move Hunt into nine and shuffle Morgan into the halves later in the game? I don't know. But I don't really think it's a great thing when you change the dynamic of your halves and you put someone else into nine. If he's already been out there for 50, 55, 60 minutes and been under a heavy workload, Ben Hunt, and then moves into the middle, he's going to be even under more pressure to defend the middle. Yeah. And he brings something in attack, but defensively, I think he's somebody you can go after as well because, let's be honest, his cork is not as big an issue as the six weeks out or whatever Maguire's had with the Cinders Moses, but Hunt's barely finished his last two games. Hmm. So at the same time as that left edge is frail, if we do the right thing, if you're James Maloney, you'd be slamming Cordner into Hunt all night or getting Latrell Mitchell one-on-one with him, and he's going to have help from Chambers and Gagai. I get that. But if he's isolated at any point, you can get after him. They're the two players I'm looking at just glaringly. Saying, well, Benny Hunt basically isn't going to train up until these next few days. And Josh McGuire hasn't played a game in six weeks. Clear. I think it's, it's clear. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a what bl- do you want me to add to that? Oh, I'm, That's I'm clear. Saying, there's a blueprint. We're going to yeah. play him down the middle. Yeah. Really I don't think is. even in good ball, we're going to play him down the middle. No, I'm with you. I don't think we need to be trying to go around Queensland. We need to play right through the guts of him. Yep. Get after McCulloch, make him work, get after Maguire, try and burn out that take after not the, playing six. I think the a big strength of our halves is their run, ability to run. 100%. Pull the edges so, apart. Get those uh, outside backs in. Uh, and then, yeah, if we if, obviously if we've got some space, let's shift. Oh, I'd be shifting in the yellow part of the field. So you call it, well, I call it, you know, green, yellow, um, red. Or red, yellow, green, whatever way you want to look at it. But red would be yardage, green would be good ball. But in that yellow area of the field, that's when I'd be really having a crack down the edges. Sort of in that middle 50 uh, or middle third of the field, I'd be really trying to beat Queensland on the edges there. Trying to catch them being compressed um, or catch them on play 4-5 looking um, for, for the kick if the wingers are dropping back. Try and go around them then or bring them up. And that's going to open up more space for our kicking game. I, I think... They just need to be really good situationally in New South Wales. Have a look um, at what Queensland are doing and implement tactics during the game to pull them apart. Let's just keep doing the same shit like we have yeah, for the last over few and over so again. That's when I feel good about our side. When I when I watch a game and just think they're playing what they see, they're playing uh, a style that's reacting to to Queensland, not just yeah. doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And I think again, the way we've picked is playing to that. Cook's not going to go off a set player or a core. I think we've got guys there that are going to play eyes up. If we get a quick play of the so. ball, we work over Maguire, McCulloch can get space. Cook's going to run or the halves are going to call for early football and try and get at those edges. Munster himself, I watch Melbourne a lot of the time. Great player with the football. Defensively, he's pretty strong, but he can get lazy. Mm. So I think we can work at their two halves. Gavin Cooper's not the quickest man in the world. If I get space and I've got Tyson Frizzell and I'm Nathan Cleary and James Roberts... I'm doing my best to either put Frizzella on the inside shoulder or the outside shoulder of Cooper or I'm trying to put someone on the outside of Munster or give Roberts early ball. And we've seen Inglis. It's no disrespect to him, but I watched Gianni Mataudio skip past him a couple of weeks ago yeah. when they played South. We've watched you and Aiken skip past him. If you get Inglis in space, as good as that left-hand side of South has been an attack, go back and watch some of their games. They've been poor defensively. Mm-hmm. They get pulled apart. 
if you can isolate those guys on that edge, I think that could be just as frail. But it all comes back to the middle of the field. So I don't, think, I don't, I don't think there's much else to add, to there's be honest. Not. But yeah, I had my key points here. Obviously, uh, just to finish off, New South Wales, set starts. We're smaller, uh, but we're very fast. We need to have numbers, like you said, kind of work away from just scooting one out and getting trapped. Play to the space, change the point of attack and make sure that our set starts are good so that we can get our middles to control and dominate things. We control and dominate the middle. Cook and Tedesco, we play to space. We play what's in front of us. The halves just get to dictate what they want to do. Um, targeting those two players that we talked about. I don't know. Testing out Hunt when you get the opportunity and particular Maguire. If you've not played for six weeks and they're relying heavily on him because their forwards have been in poor form, you've got to go after Maguire. Yeah. Have to go after Maguire. You spoke about effective set-ins. We've been so poor in the past at finding grass, and it is Billy Slater, I get that, but with Maloney and Cleary, I feel that we finally may have a much better kicking game than what's needed. And the other thing is we never get repeat sets. If we get opportunities this year to get repeat sets or build pressure, we have to do what Queensland have done to us famously for the last 10 years. That's been something that's been missing for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, just territory, win that middle battle, kick pressure if Ben Hunt's going to be the primary. For Queensland, I think we've basically covered everything. They've got the opposite problem. Their back five is going to do a great job, so we need to do our absolute best to stop them so they can't help out their forward pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, their forward pack, if they are on the back foot or they're in a 50-50 battle, theirs is straightforward. They're not probably going to dominate like ours, but they need to just generate ruck, sp- uh, ruck speed, try and support one another, push around the football and get any kind of momentum they can so they can get the football to their edges. Yeah, Middles hold on and they get to play their edges, then they'll be going straight after that left edge of Maloney, Luttrell, yep. etc. Uh, pressure in our halves. And I guess the other thing, it goes for both sides. It's a non-negotiable set finishes and kill them, set starts, play one too. Yeah. If they do those things. But uh, I'm pretty confident. This is the most confident I've probably ever been. Does it click game one because there's so many changes? No, I'm not expecting us to go down there and blow them off the park like everyone's talking about. 11 changes is a lot. Mm. There is some club combinations, but this isn't going to happen overnight. But I do feel there is enough talent and enough time to pull together to get the job done in game one. So as we always do, prediction, score, man of the match, and a try. So Brock. New you- South Wales by six. Frizzell, man of the match, and Latrell Mitchell, first try scorer. There you go. For myself, I'm going to take New South Wales, even though I'm contradicting myself somewhat, to win by 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go the man of the match to be that man, Tyson Vell, same as you. I'm also going to back him to be first try scorer. Whoa. I like back rails in these bigger games. Yeah. I like that spot to the right there. Uh, Cooper, <laughs> Munster. Cooper, like I said, just a little bit slower. I think if we get a decent play, we'll get to the edge. Frizzell's a hell of a weapon. Cleary's a smart kid. He's got the run through it as well. And Munster's good and bad at times. I've seen him be very good defensively, but I've also seen him make some poor misses. So I think their halves will definitely see some traffic if we roll through their middle. Oh, absolutely, they will. But, there you go. I think that was pretty comprehensive oh, on everything we want to do. Comprehensive, all right. Yeah. State of Origin Game 1 preview right there. Hopefully that was up to uh, scratch for everybody's box head, but I think, as usual, that was pretty uh, much on the mark as far as everything you could cover. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, Sean. We sure indeed. But we'll have a look at some of the betting odds. Uh, for that Origin 1 game. And as we said, if you bet on things like man of the match or just the team to we, win. We don't, we will dabble, we'll have a tenner on that. Yeah, no, you, don't, you don't get too Same hard on first try. Things like that, but uh, yeah, we always like to have a bit of a, a push at this time of the year in first try, like we said, that's always not a bad thing, but uh, all the betting stuff as usual and our charity bet, which we have on this week, we are going Latrell Mitchell mm-hmm. to score a try anytime in New South Wales to win, and that is thanks, obviously, to the Pro Sports Syndicate, and they've had another huge week, Boxhead. 
Massive week. They have gone five from eight in their bets, but the stake that they put on, uh, in again, saying in stakes, they bet in $100 units. One of the bets was obviously Newcastle. With five and a half start, they had 300 on that. So mm. out of the five... I didn't have that much, but I had a, I had a crack. Well, the five from eight, uh, with their betting amount, they ended up coming out 300 ahead for this week. So for the fourth week in a row, they've come out ahead. They are now... $2,337 ahead for the season, which is an 8% profit margin return. And if anyone's probably seen those links, we talked about it last week, uh, promo links with a tip, and they gave that tip, so they're two from two. Last week, they tipped you into South with a start. They covered that easily. This week, they tipped you into Newcastle with a start. That one obviously covered easily, but the <laughs> sign-up bonus with Ladbrokes, I think it was the last two weeks, so... It was a deposit match up to $250. So that means if you created a Ladbrokes account and followed to that link, if you put $250 in, you get $250 in bonus bets. If you put $50 in, you get $50 in bonus bets, etc. Plus, you get the free tip from them. Uh, the first five people to sign up to a new account, unfortunately, it wasn't for existing customers. We had a few people message about that. But if you have a new account, uh, you get the package from the Pro Sports Syndicate, the NRL betting package with these great tips yeah. for a month for free. So if you don't have a Ladbrokes account, we're going to put one of these out this week. They're going to have a, a tip and a promo link with another agency for the origin. You can get yourself a chance to win that betting package and get the free tips for a month and hopefully get on this hot streak that they've been on for the last four oh, weeks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, another massive week for them, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people, said, unfortunately, again, existing accounts that didn't count for, but... That package, as we've said before, even if you can't get it there, half price, $99 for your first month. If you don't get a return of profit on those tips, you obviously get the next month for free, and then it goes to 200 a month, which is the normal. You can cancel any time, no lock-in contracts. So it's there for the taking, and it's running wild the last four weeks. So if you would have invested that $99 and jumped on the last few weeks, you may not bet in the same units that they would, but if they've gone you know, $2,200 up, in the last month or had four big weeks in a row, I don't know, break that down to say if you're betting $50 or Well, even if you bet every week, you'd still be 8% ahead, depending on what units you've had on it. Some, well, that, some you may go, oh, I'm more confident on that. That's for the year, but I'm saying for the last four weeks in particular, when they've caught fire and now's the time to get on because they're starting to figure things mm. out and trends in the season. Well, if you've missed the early part of the season, then your percentage is way higher. Now's the time to get on because mm. all the money's come the last four weeks. There's There's been 50-50 along the way and up and down, but that profit jump the last few weeks for them, and oh, yeah. now, so now's the time to get on with the pro sports syndicate. Ninety nine for your first month, half price there. But man of the match pricing: Brock James Maloney and Nathan Cleary are the favourites at yeah, nine dollars. Like spine players. Yep, James Tedesco. Yeah, Tedesco ten dollars with Cookie. Uh, yeah. You've got Slater at eleven, Munster at twelve, Cordner at thirteen, Hunt at thirteen, Frizzell, who I like, he's at fifteen dollars. Yeah, well, we both like him. So I like both him for him. man of the series. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, if you want to go a bit of an outsider. I don't know. Who have we got here? Let's say McCulloch has a blinder at nine for Queensland, 31 bucks. If uh, For what, man of the match? Man of the match. If you've got one of these other blokes in the well, centres. What about Dane Gagai? What, what price is he for man of the match? $34, won, man, of, man, the man of the series. series last year. So two last year. An outlier in the back row, like a Felice Cafusi, you get yourself $34. Uh, you know, Addo Carr, if he pulls out a ripper kick return and does something special and gets a couple of tries... 51 bucks, so there's plenty of value there, but no surprise. The leading markets there, uh, obviously, all those spine players, as you've just touched on. Looking at the game itself, $1.57 favourite uh, New South Wales, 245 
uh, about the Queenslanders. Minus four and a half the line. Over under 34 and a half. I reckon over this year. It's one of the first what is times. It? 34? Yeah. I reckon there'll be more points than usual, to be oh, honest. I reckon it'll be right around that. 1 to 12, New South Wales, 270, 340 for Queensland. 13 plus, 350 for New South Wales, $7 uh, about Queensland. So. I also think the type of deck we're going to get in Melbourne is going to be similar to a Sydney deck. So uh, the last few times they've played in Melbourne, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's been, uh, I think the last time they played it's in Melbourne wet. was MCG. Pretty but soggy. before that, it was at, it was at Etihad where yep. they closed the roof, so the deck wasn't as... Yeah, well, it was pretty dry. So... That, uh, mm. that charity bet, if you like our charity bet, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate, Latrell Mitchell to score a try in New South Wales win is 325. That's what we've See the other thing? Like, maybe may a tiny little thing, people may go, you're an idiot, but that makes me confident about Brad Fittler. They train, the Blues train at the SCG today. To get that aspect of a round field, yeah, um, to practice on the the runoff. different feel yeah. underfoot, bit sandier, yeah, bit, uh, yeah, completely. I just different. like that. I, I like that he's going that deep in his preparation. It's good. But go, Freddie. Hundred percent. We love the Fred. Origin one preview. Bit of a tip on the odds there. All that stuff and the betting and our charity bet. Thank God. Brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Get on now. Look at those links during the week. You might be able to get yourself a deposit bonus. If not, the package. If you join up, you get the first month free. If you can't get onto that, make sure you do get on board. But like we said, $99 for the first month, half price. If you were on the last four weeks, now that things have run red hot, you'd be cheering. Now's the time to get on board with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Thanks to Matt, Will, and the boys. The Boxhead, uh, we won't be doing our tips and all that, but we will review the games from the weekend and talk about a few points and then answer some fan questions. Uh, so we'll jump in and do... Uh, a couple of things. I've similar, just had a coffee, mate, so I'm good. I'm, similar I'm to the to set of six, but not quite, uh, but brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. They say defence is the best offence, so what defence have you got in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Penrith Solar Centre is Western Sydney's leading solar specialist. Whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, the expert team at PSC are devoted to giving you back control of your power bill. Let the sun work for your home and your back pocket. Save thousands per year in energy costs. Maybe the difference between good or great seats to watch the grand final, or in our case, the Origin, who we're going to on Wednesday. Contact the team at Penrith Solar Centre today on 1800 20 29 30 to discuss, and they can make you the real winners this season. Get on to Jake and the boys there, www.penrithsolar.com.au. We had a couple of people messages. If you're going to ring or contact these people, make sure you mention the podcast so they can try and do you a solid. Uh, but the first game of review, Brock, Manly, 26 to 12. They went down to the Cowboys, and in all honesty, they were flat. They were poor. They were lackluster. Um, very simple errors in their own half and in yardage. And I thought of all times, I know DCE has been playing pretty well this year. And of all weeks, they're looking for him to stand up because clearly there is something wrong with that camp and his form doesn't really matter. I, I'm not saying you would pick him over Hunt, but anytime someone brings it up, it's like if it be Taylor or anyone else next before he comes in. I was expecting him to lead the way and I felt that he was very quiet the other night. <laughs> Massively quiet. I tell you, the, Wasn't the biggest thing for me, again, with them If as you're well, a million-dollar player, man, step up. You've got to win games, and particularly I, when the other side's got players out for origin. I don't know. Obviously, they had yeah, first, well, and they're away from home. Still, Come on, man. And then they had no Bolton as well. Bolton was out yeah. injured, and they've lost uh, McLean for the season. So, And they've yeah. been playing poor, and you're at home, bounce, trying to bounce back after a one-point loss last week, and I just thought they were ordinary. 
I thought the same two guys were pretty good, but not as good as usual in Fanua, Blake, and Tapia. I feel their front rowers are great every week. Joel yeah. Thompson, to me, I feel bad this year. He moved there. I get it. Back oh, end of the career. He'd be filthy. Yeah, he? but he kind of got pushed out because they weren't going to offer him well, a new he, deal. And he really wouldn't fit into St. George at the moment, would he? Where would he play? No, that's Off the, the bench. Thing. It was more a cap decision, money decision, and he got a longer-term deal to finish his career, which he deserves. But yeah. I thought he was great the other night, but I feel bad because I think he's a good bloke. And I don't think that's the best place for him to finish off with the way things are going right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, but he was good the other night. Coruscant in return, 65 tackles. I thought he had a good game, but they, he tackled for a reason because they couldn't get out of their own end. There were some poor errors coming out of yardage. Uh, and then, yeah, the two times they felt like they were crawling back into the game and they found points, they made errors, set after points, play one, two. Mm. Cowboys finally did what I'd hoped. They gave Anari Tawala a start. Corey Jensen obviously got the start with Bolton out. And honestly... I thought Tawala was outstanding. And Ari Tawala brought energy. His yardage work was good. His carries there. Corey Jensen, I know that everyone was talking about Tarmalola and Thurston, but again, that's why you listen to a show like this because we watch the outside parts of it. I think Corey Jensen's a really good footballer. His leg speed, his contact. He had a really good game the other night. He should be playing more minutes. He's going to be playing a lot more next year as well. Uh, I still feel they're going to need someone else for that rotation. But if Matt Scott's going to be moving on and you've got McLean coming back in, you've got a guy like Jensen, I'm confident in Jensen. Yeah, and the kid last year, Mitch Dunn, the 20s captain on debut, I thought he had a pretty good game too. A couple of nice offloads and thrown into the deep end, but Thurston had one of his best nights. Kicking game was on point, and that was another thing. Set finishes for Manly were awful. Um, Thurston had the ball on a string. Jason Tamalolo went off 270 metres, 100 post contact. He was clearly dominant to the middle of the field. Um, it's one of the more controlled and basic, getting back to basic games we've seen from the Cowboys, but it was very effective, and it, and it got them the result in the end. Yeah, um, absolutely. It was... Just a game, Manly really never looked like winning. I've got to be honest. I watched it um, from go to woe, and I just never felt confident on Manly at all. And all those things I touched on, and I guess one thing that people took out of the night was the late hit on Thurston, two weeks in a row, Jack Kozowski, and uh, call it karma or not. I don't wish injury upon anybody, but he whacked Thurston off the ball, and he was pretty slow to get up, and then later on in the game, he broke his own arm. So he's going to get suspended, I think, for a week or two, but he's going to be missing four to six now uh, as a result of that. And Sean Lane, you never like to see blokes, um, you know, get knocked out. But that blow with him offloading and extending his arm and head hitting the ground, that was pretty sickening, wasn't uh, Yeah, no, not Wasn't something you want to see. But uh, Manly, hard times again, you know. Get those two wins. Look like they're fighting back. One point loss last week and then dish that up the other night and uh, an injury to come out of it as well. So hard year for Manly and Trent Barrett. Got the Cowboys. Um, do I still think they're going to make the eight from this point and win eight of their last 11? I don't see it happening. I don't know if uh, this may be the start of something. Who knows? But I still didn't see a whole lot in that, again, that made me say, oh, they're about to go on a you know five, six-game winning streak. But wait and see. South. Nope. Cronulla, 22-14. Um, Johnston obviously didn't return from injury. Four guys in origin, but no worries. They're just playing outstanding football. If there was anything to hit home that they're a genuine contender, it's going up against a team that was only missing one. And I know Dugan pulled out, but honestly, he's played three or four games this year. Every time he plays a game, he's out the next week. Uh, but I honestly thought they blew the Sharks, to be honest. Yeah. I thought they got over all over in the middle. Sharks one of the best teams at slowing things in the middle and controlling the game, making it ugly. They couldn't stop them. The Twins rolled through them. Sam rolled through them. Robbie Farrah comes in, and again, we've had our grups in the past with him. I thought he played outstanding. He wasn't he did, selfish. He, was great, yeah. he did his job. He dished the football. Walker's been great all year, but the big one we've been waiting for and probably the last missing piece while we've said the edges, the middle, nine, spine, benches contributing, the one player we've been waiting for is Adam Reynolds. He's had injuries. Things have been up and down. The overstructured football. 
he's slowly built into this new side with Seabold and the style, and he's been healthy for a month now. He had one of his best games in probably two or three years the other night. His kicking game was outstanding. Yep. He just strangled the death out of the Sharks. Every time they tried to get a set start, it was bringing it out from inside their own 10. He ran the football. He dug in the line a couple of times. There was that nice one where he dropped it back under off a tip from Walker to Sutton, who also, again, was another bloke we were talking about last year, saying, well, he looks like he's done, and he's in career best form, or if not close to. He's running around like Sonny Bill holding the football on one hand like it's a grapefruit, chucking offloads, running physically, and just playing outstanding football. But I don't know how much more credit I can give to him. Uh, they missed five players. <sighs> They were outstanding. The, the Burgess has led from the front. Their fill-ins did a good job. Farrah's a great backup nine. The halves are good. Burns, Heimel Hunt, the guys in the back line. Jennings getting his opportunity this year. The bench, Totola, Clark, Look, et cetera. Everyone's doing their job. Yeah, you're stating the obvious here. I'm going to go for one. I'm going to go for the jugular. Paul Gallon, there was a set there at the end of the game. He had two hit-ups in a set where they needed to fucking score. Yep. And just goes in, sharks the ball. It's ineffective that is, shit that, that just kills the sharks. That also goes back to the halves, though, because I think you're referring to where they scored those two late tries. Yeah. And I watched it. Matty Moylan gets back on from the sin bin. They need to set something up, him or Townsend. He flies around the field like it's Oz tag or touch, which is all well and good, but he just tipped it on twice to forwards. Townsend was nowhere to be seen in that sense. Like At that point in time, you need your halves to set something up or put something on. They were just passing and carrying, looking for a quick play of the ball and offload, and they couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I think at the end of the day, again, they had ample opportunity too. They got plenty of inside 20s, but they made errors play one and yeah. two, three or four times. Andrew Fafita, for as outstanding as he's been, and he had another good game the other night. Some of his plays inside 20, he was the culprit in a couple of those errors. Really cost him. Look, I'm end. not going to repeat everything I said about the Sharks last week, but if you didn't listen to last week, go back and listen to what I had to say about him last week because that, that game proved to me everything yeah. that is wrong with the Sharks. Mm. I will Move give on. a bit of credit to Edric Lee, who was a bloke I thought right. would struggle to get back into first grade. I mm-hmm. think he's done good on the wing. He played fullback the other night. Shane Katoa was good too. Yeah, I thought he was. And I, I keep saying it every week, and people are probably sick of hearing it. I really like Jesse Raymond. That's a great he's ball. He's He's a really good footballer. He is a um, good. Awesome win by South. They are a real genuine contender for this title. Seabold, mm-hmm. you gave raps before we had it. You did your high-performance thing with him. He's in charge, and he has turned things around in a short space of time. He is a very smart football coach. Um, the only reason I had them in my eight this year was because of him. Yep. And like I said, you had a better knowledge than I did. Oh, I questioned the forwards, which is why I put him at ninth, but... Not only has he got... Oh, you know what it's like. When you go to coaching courses, you sit there and there's blokes you that just know nothing and they, they're the ones always asking the questions yep. and they won't shut up. Uh, but look, this was a level three high-performance course. There were some guys that, yeah, now gone on to be NRL-type guys, which I'm aspiring to do as well. But uh, when he spoke in that course, I listened. Yep. He was clearly the smartest man in the room. Um, and I'm not surprised at how the trajectory of his career and I only... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You see good things for him, and I'm not surprised at all with how South are going. Well, less than half a season in from taking over from a premiership-winning coach and a side that was fledgling last year, the only real changes in this side 
were the fact that he ditched Robbie Farrah for Cook, who was already there and overlooked, mm-hmm. and he had Dane Gagai come in. There's nothing yeah. else new in this team. That's right. He's taken the same bits and pieces, reinvigorated two front rowers that were really good a couple of years ago. George, arguably the best front rower in the comp the year they won it in 2014, and he's mm-hmm. put them back on track. He's put a nine in there who's been should have had an opportunity earlier, and I think anyone here could back me up that I said at the Bulldogs, Dragons, everywhere that he's been that Cook should have played more minutes. Mm-hmm. He's given that opportunity. He's proven him right. And just some tweaks in style. And the other thing I was going to say, he's lifted their all-round skill level. Their football IQ as a team and their base level. They pass the ball. Everyone can pass. They're better, better than, than anyone else in the comp. comp. And that's a huge credit um, again to a coach. My wife and I were watching last week and she's not, she doesn't watch every game. She's lucky to watch one game a week. Yeah. But we're watching them against the Warriors and the comment that came out of her mouth was, I can't believe how well they pass the ball. And they do. He's really lifted that element, and it's clearly something he's worked on. And then the, the handling we used to knock the Burgesses for, some ideas and It's just him. something, it's, you know, people go, oh, who cares what she thinks? Well, it's just more that she doesn't watch a lot of footy. No, and, and, if, and she, if she can sort that. of watch it and go, oh, far yeah, out. Like, they pass the ball well, so. Uh, the next game was the Knights versus the Eels. I honestly don't want to spend bugger all time on this, and that's no offense to Newcastle fans, but the Parramatta Eels are this season's Bulldogs from last year. <laughs> They're just terrible to watch. I I do watch their games because I have issues and I watch every game every weekend, but... I watched... Uh, oh, we, God. We watched six minutes last night. Six minutes. It just... You, you know what? I, I tipped them and I'm thinking, if they're ever going to win a game, we'll get up for one. After a few close results, this is it. And then after three minutes when Ponga has a head like, clash oh with French God. and he goes off, I'm like, he's done. And then the half is a little bit back and forth. I'm like, they're both a bit ugly, but I can see more intent in what Newcastle is doing. Mataudia, Safidi, just all around. They look like they wanted to bounce back from a poor performance. Parramatta couldn't quite decide if they wanted to be there. Then all of a sudden you've got... <laughs> decide if they wanted to be yeah, there. Yeah, and then, then you've got Mitchell Moses game. twist his leg, and I'm like, Jesus, like, I think he's, that's one of the ugliest twists I've seen. Mm. He's avoided an ACL, they've said today, but he's off. So they're down to 15, 25 minutes in the game, and I'm basically sitting there then, borderline turn off, going, this is going to not be not going to get pretty, and then Jennings gets put in the bin a couple of minutes after that. 30 minutes are gone in a game, two blokes are scratched for the whole game, and someone's in the bin... I immediately just had the red flags out. And then Siani Mataudia takes a soft one out, crashes over, a couple of penalty goals, it's 14 zip. Um, Guffson storms off at half time and he says to Andy Raymond, you know, we've had some dodgy calls, right, everything's going against us, we're going to turn it around and they come out and get frog stomped 30 to 4. <laughs> it's just nothing's going their way, nothing's good. Moroa's shot was ugly, he's going to miss three to five weeks now. I think it was Terrapo who also didn't finish the game with a hamstring injury, so they finished with no bench. Where I, I don't, What I'm trying to... Well, I, sent, I sent through a photo last night to our family, like group text, and it was a photo that, you know, well, no one called me crazy. I thought people would call me crazy, but it's a photo of the dressing room where Tony Williams is there. He's obviously not playing, but he doesn't have his tie done up. He's got it undone, collar popped. Just for me, it just said everything that's wrong with Parramatta at the moment. Culture, discipline, standards. It just can't. There's a line, and you're either above the line or you're below the line. And just that, it would have been, his mindset would have been, well, the game's over. We lost. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The game's over. I'm in the dressing room. But for me, there's a bigger picture. It says that, for me, if I'm looking at him as a coach, I'm saying, you're not playing, you're not contributing. The The one thing that you need to do is make sure that you're dressed and you're behaving appropriately, and you can't even get that right. And then you've got the Norman issues during the week and he's got yeah. his second breach notice and they want him out of the side apparently and Kenny Edwards has just been released. And we it just seems about like culture. whenever they're winning, the Corey Norman thing goes away. Yeah. But whenever they're losing, the Corey Norman thing just seems to bubble but away. But I still don't think we can turn our eyes away to the fact that Corey Norman probably isn't as committed as what he should be. To No, I'm not going to argue that at the all. The level I, of I don't, player I don't, I don't and, the, think, and the contract, um, you know. And I don't think 
uh, Brad Arthur's in the wrong. No, I don't think he's wrong either. But, but I just think they're going. I, I think they're going about it the wrong way. Like I, it seems to me like they're trying to find the shit out of him to get him to leave. I think the big yeah. I think it's because the pay if he's there, though, that, that's getting to wrong. But if about he's there, it, so. try and get the best out of him. But I think they have, and they've done it multiple times. And they mm. gave him this deal. I said last time they were crazy to give him eight hundred thousand again after he'd already been in trouble and been suspended for eight weeks and that back end of the year. But how long does it take? Gotta, you got to pay him. Yeah, to how, keep him. how long does it take for the bubble to burst? Though? Yeah. He's not young anymore. He's been around for. Seven, eight seasons. He's a year younger than me, or so. Like, when's it going to click? Brisbane got a culture of wanting to bring Brisbane boys back, but during think. the week they said, "Well, no. this, this is my point. I'm getting to my point." But they said during the week, "There's absolutely no way that we'd have Corey Norman back." So, there's a, so there you go. There's that a red tells flag. You, that tells away. you yeah, a lot about. Mm. He seems like a larrikin, but there's a lot of stuff that goes with him. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, "Well, if he's that bad for culture, or you can't get him to focus, and he's on eight hundred, nine hundred thousand ship him out and I'm not a big fan of Moses to be honest I think Moses is a solid footballer I don't rate him anywhere near as high as Brooks I've always preferred Brooks but in this situation it's more a culture thing again like you said if it's your Edwards has been moved on if Norman's got a problem if there's a couple of guys who've got problems like that cut them and move on Yeah, get rid of them but Parramatta fans, I don't know what to say. It's hard, but because six, last seven months ago, that won, that's what I'm getting at. We're winning. So what the hell? Six, seven months. So what's and this changed? is why like I... Six or seven months, though. What's happened? I don't want to say this because I totally disagree with this, but I just don't see how Brad Arthur doesn't get sacked at the end of this year. And I'm not disagreeing with you because it's turned so quickly. How, I don't but know. then again, for, from his perspective, it just shows you how quickly things can turn as a coach. Three months ago, they were in as almost premiership favourites. They were right up in there in the top four conversation. And now we're talking about him keeping his job and how bad, the, how bad his roster is. Nuts. So it just... It's it's you know and I, Gus's podcast was great a couple of weeks ago. He went through the ins and outs of the cap, and there's been a lot of talk on NRL 360 about the salary cap. And I think fans are more than ever are well educated on the ins and outs of the cap. You can manage the cap perfectly and still get screwed by something like this, like players just not wanting to switch on to focus, um, players misbehaving, players not managing injuries, players. You know, whatever whatever it is, that you can never there's never a monetary value or a, a method in that unless you're just gonna have a no dickheads policy. No, but value for money is simply what you're getting out of your players. You can pay someone what you yeah, think like worth, you, but you can still day, sign yeah. someone or have a junior there that you don't really know is a dickhead and then Yeah. But you like know, you said about Norman, is Norman worth eight, nine hundred dollars? Put him on in a different form? environment and his behaviour changes, it's just a very, very difficult thing to manage. It's just decisions though sometimes, isn't mm. it? Like is Norman worth eight, nine hundred thousand? Yes. At best form as we've seen, yeah, but it's right. been on and off and you see glimpses here and there and they were obviously confident enough to dip back in after last indiscretion, but mm-hmm. over the three years now, you'd look at it and say for the $2.4 million they've invested, yeah. they haven't won out. Yeah. And they've got another year to go and they might be looking to jump off the train. All right, but, let's talk about today's game. Uh, I will say that because we've basically given no credit to Newcastle. Good oh, turnaround. They, well, I tipped them. I, I thought they yeah. were shooing. Great turnaround attitude, good bounce back. I said last week that I was almost willing to put a pen through them. They've already got to a sixth win and proved me wrong. Harder draw coming up, but if they can at least maintain the attitude and get Pierce back early enough... Who knows? Six from 11 is not unobtainable, um, but I still feel that there's still some young guys in there that aren't consistent enough week to week. Pongo, very good again. Daniel Safidi, 56 games. He's still only 21 years old. He had a great game as well. Uh, I like Barney. I like Fitzgibbon a lot. I think Matadia, a lot of people give him shtick that he played for Australia early. That's not his fault. He's coming to grade on the wing. Wayne Bennett gave him a tip. Tim Sheen's picked up on that. Like, you can't knock players for the reputational comments that are made about him from other people. Yeah. Sianni Matadia seems like a real mature young man at a situation who led the club last year through a hard time, I've got full respect for him. I think he's a good footballer. Is it his fault he was the youngest ever debutant for Australia? 
that's not his fault that mm. someone put those wraps on him and picked him there. Correct. But I think he's a good footballer and he played well the other night as well. Mm. So, uh, well done by Newcastle there. Uh, Dog, oh, sorry, Tigers and the Roosters. People brought up the Tigers a couple of weeks ago and I think starting to get a bit rocky or fall apart. I'm getting a little bit worried now and not in the sense that they're not trying, but the errors and penalties that are creeping in, more particularly the errors, and the attack is starting to get more and more of a struggle each week. And the other thing I talked about was defensively early on, people start to do video, people start to figure things out. I said it maybe six weeks ago that when they played Newcastle, they pulled their pants down and figured out that right edge was quite vulnerable. The Roosters today, again, got Benji Marshall and a few of those guys to make some pretty poor decisions. Blake Ferguson set up a pretty easy try down there and they attacked it a lot. And I guess the other part of it when we talk about errors is you bring in someone like Maher Fanua, who's been exceptional and is their best yardage player along with Esau Masters and gets you 200 plus metres and offloads. But with that also comes some errors. Yeah. So you need to decide, do you want a safe winger who doesn't help out in yardage and will make his tackles and take kick returns? Or do you want to take that 200 plus metres offloads and the damage that Maher can create along with a few errors every week? And I think given the squad depth at this point in time, mm-hmm. he's willing to cop a little bit of that, and I don't blame him. But mm. again today, exceptional performance, but a couple of critical errors or poor errors that just weren't needed. Scooting down the short side, trying to barge over on like fourth play, and at the end there, that clash with Ferguson was huge, and I don't blame him for that one, but for as good as his game is, there's a couple of errors there. Losing off a limb hurt them, and what they like to do coming out of yardage, that was recognised for me, because him, Masters, Thompson, etc., ruck out really well. Offloads create second efforts for defences and pull them apart to get their set started. Um, but there's a real hole there at nine. And I don't know whether they're not confident in Little, like I said, being so young and having that shoulder injury the last few weeks. But it seems defensively now they don't trust him. And McCurick, I don't know what he's done, but first few weeks he was okay. He's a steady defender, but he hasn't been back in since. And I haven't seen much cut, but I assume he wouldn't be doing too bad down there. They've been playing Taylor. Reynolds, for me right now, I know he's trying to get minutes back in his legs, but he's the answer at nine to keep things together. And he was pretty good at the back end of the game today. Mm. But I do have some genuine concerns about them, and they're struggling to stay in games now, find impact from all across the field, find contributions from everybody. And the attack, the attack's just not backing up the defense anymore. And even the defense, particularly that right edge that I spoke of, is starting to show some holes. Agree. Agree. Yeah, they're showing holes. My, my main concern is the amount of points that they're able to score. Um, that's got to be of major concern. The Roosters were a little bit better today, but they obviously had their holes. Four out. It's just, yeah, hard to really know, but the Tigers had no excuse. They had no one out. It's a game that even late they should have won. They had two sets. The second last set, they had four hit-ups yep. for nothing, and in the last set, they played sideline to sideline. Yeah, it's Josh Reynolds is back. I think Josh Reynolds is adding a bit to them, but yeah. it now seems like they've got an extra cook on the field. He needs minutes, though, to be able to play that Yeah, but I also think him. you've now got three points of attack. Mm. Um, the nines that they had prior to that, like Taylor, mm. McCurick, those sort of guys, even Peter Godinay, who they were using early in the year, he was just dishing off the deck and giving the ball to the half. So you've now got someone else who's a focal point in the attack. So he's taken some... I guess taking some of the touches away. So yeah, it's, I, I think they need attack from nine. I no, they do. The, I agree I, I with you. But now I just think it's the cohesion because he hasn't played a lot of footy there. Yeah, but I don't even think that. I think when they put him out there, they look more dangerous and they found that try they needed. Whereas when those other guys are out there, those halves are asked to do everything. And Lola here is not contributing enough. So I feel there's pressure on the halves when it has been Elijah Taylor at nine or McCurick. And I think Godney and Little have got the flick because why Little... He's a good running threat. He's been poor defensively, and God knows he's got the same issue. So 
I kind of see where you're coming from, but I think the best thing for them right now is that Reynolds gets fit enough to play more minutes out of nine. Mm. And maybe Taylor plugs in there for a 30 or something or 25 if need be. But I feel if anything, they're lacking in attack or they're asking too much of those two guys. So I don't know if they can get in by mid-season, but if they could, I think Lola here is basically on his last legs by the looks of things at the Tigers. So Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah. I think for the Roosters side of things... the right fit. Roosters side, I think it's hard to read much in it because I'm missing so many players, but... Ferguson, as he always does, a couple of bad errors, but he was outstanding other than that. His carries were good. The try he set up was great. His carries all day. Victor Radley, dear God, you got to love that bloke. He's outstanding. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, he, he made a couple of a try saver today, again, on Ben Madalena. It was an absolute perler. A couple of big shots, just always around the football. He's an absolute menace. Tell you had a rough day. Luke Keery, he took some fucking, he took some hits today, the poor bastard. He copped plenty of stick. Luke Brooks for the Tigers, I thought he was a standout for them. Uh, he had a really, really good game. had a great year. Um, but for the Roosters, yeah, it's hard to look a lot into this. But Tupo back from his peck injury, found himself oh, a double. that quick? So good turnaround for him, good mm. return, couple of tries. So, so it's like gone from a, a season out injury to now a 10-week injury. That's why I'm confident Pierce yeah. is going to be back soon, man. I feel one thing I will give to this, in regardless of how they found the way to win today, the Roosters, this is like getting back one of those poor losses when they had all their players in. That's fair. So this is a big tick in their box to build towards Possible top four or round one, they got solidified. rolled by the Tigers late. Or so the today, Brisbane game where they get the Sydney yeah. or blo- a couple of games that they've blown. Yeah. Getting these ones during Origin. Are that's just... the thing. They're now like right around the top four. Yeah. It's all the more they satisfying. They played very well. Yeah. It's all the more satisfying to get these ones though. These ones make up for them with four players out. So. Yeah. Um, all I can say is they've still got their main issues as well. They helped out the Tigers way too many times from yardage. The penalty count was 7-1 at one point, and it was deserved because they're, just, they're very poor with their discipline. Mm. Goal line defense outstanding. Kept turning away as they always do. The attack, as we keep saying every week, definitely needs work. But as long as that goal line D is there and they back their defense and they find a bit more flow when these guys get back in, it's going to be hard because Origin interferes. But the last six or so weeks, if they can get things right leading into the finals, they'll be a real, they'll be a real team. They really will. But... Um, yeah. Let's do some fan questions, brother. Reviews of the games from the week there. Done. Uh, a couple of points to touch on. I guess you had a couple you want to bring up. The halves getting hit. Similar to a set of six, but we don't have enough to do a set of six. But the halves getting hit. Jonathan Thurston, two weeks in a row, he copped it and he's basically came out and said, is it's it going bullshit. to take yeah. an injury before the NRL does something? And he's spot on. So, he's spot on. It should be an automatic sin bin. Anyone that hits a, a playmaker late or anyone hits someone late and in the back, it should be an automatic sin binning. It's, it should be a professional foul. It's it's a joke. Like, And f- for me, I look at it and go, he's in his last year. Like, Not that he should be protected. If he's going to go into the line and you can get a shot on him, legal shot, front on, square on, eyes to eyes, to eyes chest to chest, then that's fair game. That's rugby league, and that always will be rugby league. What we're seeing at the moment with players getting hit in the back isn't rugby league. It's just a dog, low, horseshit, tactic that some coaches well not, I wouldn't even blame the coaches I think it's got to come down to the players even if a coach said to me mate pressure hit him hit him hit him late I know what's legal yeah. and what's not legal and I've that's... hit blokes I've hit blokes late but legally yeah wrap your arms you know what's ground. what's legal and what's illegal you know what's late and not late I'd never ever 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 hit a guy in the back no ever and not after he's relaxed four no. seconds later from passing either that's as low as it gets. So, so. I, I heard someone, I don't know who it was, but they were talking about the need for the Players Association to get involved. Yeah, um, well, stop eating your own. Yeah. We're talking about player welfare, but we're... Get them in and go, listen, boys, like, this is a joke. And look, I don't want to I don't want to point uh, Goskowski out, but nah. there was a little bit of karma late in the game. He broke his he arm broke late his in the game. Yeah. So and he's you just sort of think, well, look, you don't, you don't wish ill on people, but nah. you go, 
Like maybe that is a little bit of karma, mate. And again, like we said before, uh, there is some players that probably do have a little bit of that in them, and I don't think he's one of them. I've watched him play as juniors or come through, but if anyone thinks that players aren't told to get after halves in particular, or teams don't... I tell players to get after halves. Teams don't tactic But it. I don't tell players no. to hit them. And if, if any of my players ever did that, yeah. I'd be tearing strips yeah. off them. Because it's just dumb. And, you know, it'll come out to bite and then suspension. Well, it's a penalty penalties, to start with. Yeah, so. exactly. And I just don't like it because I, I wouldn't want that to happen to my half. No. But uh, I think that's pretty much well covered itself, isn't it? It's, yeah, just well, it's, it's, it's fired me up. Another point. Uh, announced today, not sure if this will be the case. Obviously, we've talked the last few weeks about Bellamy, Bennett, the situation there. The mole, uh, he came out today and he reckons that there's a three-year deal done for Craig Bellamy to stay at Melbourne. I looked around and tried to find a little bit more. Didn't hear much else today. A lot of people were saying uh, that there's an ultimatum or he has to make a decision by a certain deadline whether he's going to stay or go. But apparently, it's a three-year deal. It's a done deal, uh, and Craig Bellamy will be staying there until 2022, and there'll be no deal after that, which I find hard to believe because the last two deals he was going to retire. So I'm not too sure. But if this is the case, Wayne Bennett, to me, stays on at Brisbane. They won't move on from him, yeah. which is pretty awkward after the whole feeling out process. Well, that's, so, yeah. uh, I don't know if it's true yet, but that's the word that came out today from him. If that is the case, that's massive for Melbourne because let's be honest, as I said last week, it could spell the death of or if not the complete and utter capitulation if they don't have him there, he needs to be there to see out this transition period in particular. Yeah. Where Smith, Slater, etc. move on. So uh, keep your eyes on this space or moving forward. But if that is true and the mole's correct, that would be massive news for Melbourne. I think maybe the next the next deal, it might be a little bit cleaner air for Bellamy. It's 62 years old by then. For me, the sticking point is the year, is this year. Next year, sorry. Not disagree. Bellamy doesn't want to have the year off. They did a sports lunch in the Bennett, other day, Bennett's going to, yeah, well, I read that. that Bennett's gonna, Bennett is going to coach. I've guaranteed, that's why I said to you last week, I just can't see Paul White going back on it. So the sticking point is the year. The, the contracts are out of alignment by year. If Bellamy was off in 2020 or off at the end of 2019, I have no doubt he would go to Brisbane. You never know, would you? In my head. Well, we're never, we're never going to know. I said last week that with all the... So how long of a deal will Bellamy sign? A three-year deal. Apparently, it's been reported three years by the mile to 2022. So he'd be thinking that whoever signs on as Brisbane coach at the end of next year gets a two-year deal. At the same time, he's 62 by then, and the last. So you wouldn't want to be the next Brisbane coach after after Bennett. I think Bennett will see out the next couple of years. I reckon he will get extended. He'll get another extension. I reckon he'll get an extension. So what? What I would think now, if if I was a gambler, I would say that Bennett will get. Another two years on top of the deal. I don't right think now, and then that'll on. be it. Yeah, I think. And then Bellamy will, Bellamy will see it will um, well, succeed if, if he wants to coach. They want to line. I bet you Paul White will want to line the contracts up to when Bellamy's off. Do three more years in Melbourne, Craig, Bennett, Wayne. You see out this contract will give you two years on top of that. Well, Bennett, Bellamy comes across. There's, it just there's like, not really another option to babysit it for two years if that was going to well, be a transition. And, and who period. would take that job? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. For two years, it would be more. Uh, they don't want Wayne Bennett to babysit, but he can keep pushing forward or keep players or he has that aura about him. But if someone was going to set it for two more years... I'd say, I'd, I'd, if I'm Bellamy, I'd say, look, I want one of my assistants to go and start coaching at Brisbane. I don't think that would happen, but uh, Dimitri on that are there. I, I don't think they'd give it to anyone else for the next two years. I think Bennett will hold that job, but we'll see if that does no, no, play what out. I, what I mean is... Yeah, to yeah, oversee if things. They, if, or if Bennett a, says at the end of next year, I'm done, and there's that two-year gap, behind the scenes, I'll be saying to Bellamy, go. One of the assistants go, apply for that job. 
Because I'm going to take it. I'm going to take well, it. You wouldn't even years. have to say that. You'd be ringing Brisbane saying, "I'm well, putting in Adam correct. O'Brien or someone yeah. else who's come with me." But Adam O'Brien, yeah, but that none of that would be able, may not move. None of that he'd would be next be in line to get the Storm job. So mm. you got to look at it from all angles. I don't think he would be able to. We'd have to. We'd have to push one. It'd have to be his son or something be that's been there with him, or they'd have to have something lined up. But it would be very yeah. obvious if Aaron Bellamy or son or whatever his name is went out there and he went afterwards. So we're looking a long way into the future, but it's not even released yet. But he's come out today, reckons that it's a three-year deal. Cool thing to talk about, man. So. Because we'll he's such a good coach. And look, for me, as a Titans fan, the fucking last thing I need is Bellamy up there coaching Brisbane. We'll, we'll see if the mole's on the money. And Maybe the last point more. Last point we had here, you brought up, and a lot of people are disappointed about it, the refereeing appointment yeah. for Origin. How did Matt Chechen get appointed as a referee in that game? Bernie Sutton uh, appointed Jared Sutton. I don't have a problem with that because I think Jared Sutton's the second, well, one of the top two refs. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with Ashley Klein getting appointed. As, I have a problem with Ashley Klein. That's the one. Yeah. Like, how does Chechen not get the gig in front of Ashley Klein? And then Chechen was freaking yeah. assistant referee this week. Yeah, in the and then South he says Sharks because of, because you know he's 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 slightly out of form, but yet Ashley Klein got dropped earlier this year for one of the howlers that he had. Yeah, good luck figuring that out. Oh, I don't know, man. And yeah, Craig, uh, Todd Greenberg tweeted out like this cryptic. Uh, tweet that s- said something about you know I'll support those guys to make those decisions. However, you know, you know I'll bring them to account when they need to be held account. So I was sort of like playing both sides of the store. It was yeah, the, wor- the worst thing he's been a massive letdown, hasn't he? He did oh. a, he did such a good job at the Bulldogs, and I was like, he's this guy, this guy has switched terrible. on. And it's hard to like you look at that and you go, well, if he's done such a good job in Clubland, a lot of the guys you think there would do a good job at yeah, NRL also, because they you come don't know from who he's surrounded by. He's surrounded by good yeah, I know, people, but then obviously. they go in there and they just completely change their skin. Oh, he's gone in from the club side of it in that perspective to what the fans and clubs and players want, and then he's gone into the top job, and it's just. I think he's been let down by the commission as well. Well, I don't know, but it's, it's all around. He's been pretty disappointing since he's gone in there. I agree, man. But uh, let's bound out some fan questions to finish ourselves off. Dan Ferguson says, loves the show, but he wants our thoughts on Trent Robinson being the new Ricky Stewart. Whoa, that's a big call. Uh, as a Roosters fan, he's very frustrated, and the Roosters are not learning after the first doggy sloppy win. They're playing the Roosters style. Next game, uh, nothing is addressed. We get rid of Pierce for Cooper and his game management, but I don't see it. Pierce was criticised for just bombing, so you can imagine my excitement when we get Cooper kicking downfield and daring up. He's saying Cooper doesn't take the line on, like Pierce, and he's yet to see it. And the mistakes and errors they've made for the last three years, he's been honest, their front row doesn't have any fear in the competition and they give away too many penalties. Mm. Surely we can look at a new hooker. I love for him, but he lacks creativity, and when he does kick, it's terrible. The last two times he got tri-assist, he engaged markers. Anyways, sorry for the rant. Love the show. Look, Dan, all round frustrated. Push, um, push, pause. Give him this year. That would be uh, my advice. Give him the year. I think they're getting better slowly, not at the rate that I'd like to see them improving. But at the end of the year, if they fail, they pull up short again. Front rollers are going to be in the crosshairs. The hooker's going to be in the crosshairs, definitely. Um, and Cooper Cronk and the halves are going to have to take some responsibility for that. And also, Cooper's only he's going to be a year older next year, so well, it's his last year of his deal. But at the same time, Trent, more talking about Trent Robinson compared to Ricky Stewart, I wouldn't compare the two. And I've also think not an, at this point in time. An underlying factor, I think, mate, that's hard for Trent Robinson. But what is, he's probably saying is, as part of me, as Rooster's coach, I think Ricky Stewart didn't didn't get the best set. Like I, I supported them during that period because Brad Fittler was there and he was my favourite player. And Ricky Stewart never got the best out of the rest of the roster. But I think he's also just talking about that Ricky Stewart says one thing and it doesn't happen or we're yeah. fixing this or we're working on this, that Robinson's saying we're playing Roosters football, we're doing this, that. To me... But I also looked at a lot of the losses during that period and thought it was down to bad coaching, bad interchanges, 
things like that. Whereas I don't see a lot of that with the Roosters at the moment. I also feel the underlying factor here that I was going to say to him the other day was I feel that Politis also has a say in some of these bits and pieces. We heard that mm. he wanted to put Radley in over a friend, but Politis loves Jake Fred. Like it's hard when you're dealing with someone like that. I'm not sure how true it is, yeah, but it's sort at of, the end of the day, if you're a millionaire or a billionaire, it's your club and you want yeah. things to run that way. If you if you love the money, you've also got to understand that you're handcuffed sort of yeah. to the decision He's the, owner. the person if, who's tipping in the money. If so. he loves that bloke and that's end of the story, that may be the difference between you winning a comp or not winning a comp. But yeah. at the same time, or Coop Cronk, who's to say that Trent Robinson wanted Coop Cronk? He's obviously going to have to come out and say that. But if Nick Pilata said we're going to get Cooper Cronk, end of story, if you're Trent Robinson, yeah, that's game over. And I've said it myself. Why it sounds spiteful, I didn't understand the buy and thought if they bought him, they had to either go one way or the other. You have to completely adapt to him because, no offense, he's a system player yeah. or he has to fit in with them. And I don't think he does fit in. I think Luke Keary, Mitchell Pierce, pushed around the ball, support a bit loose, which they are, is what the Roosters' style of play is aggressive front rowers, offloads, etc. Style et of play. Style play. Whereas Kronk has come from a system and yeah. it worked for him and he had two absolutely outstanding footballers around him to help him out and. He plans ahead. I've seen ad-lib things happen for the Roosters and Cooper Cronk looks like his head's about to explode because it's not pre-planned and he really struggles with ad-lib football. But, um, See, I, I, I tend to dis- disagree with that because I think Melbourne played a lot of off-the-cuff footy. Yeah, but I think last year when we played more ad-lib... Early, early 2010s. See, I, I look at last year and think we evolved and he wasn't a big part of it. 20-teens, I should say. The early part of this decade, I think they, they played some... Really off the cuff footy, a lot more structured recently. I thought last year was our least structured year and he was the least effective last year. Mm. I didn't think he was a big part of our premiership winning side. I thought our forward pack and our edges and... Listen to you beating Coop down. I'm just saying. I think he's an outstanding mm. footballer, but a million dollars... A million dollars for what he does is... Yeah, but it's a million dollars. It's not. It's, it's yeah, relative. It's at not Melbourne, I understand it to keep him there, but in the setup he's in now, I don't think he's a How million dollars. How much of that million dollars is on the cap? Yeah, well, who knows? But exactly. Mate, have some patience, I think, Daniel, and we'll see what happens for him. But Trent well, Robinson... I think they needed to keep Pierce and Cronk. They needed work. That needed to be the pairing. doesn't me. work. And, and they already had Kiri. They've already had him extended. I would have Kiri as my 14. I don't blame Pierce for leaving. I would have left No, him. I get it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I think the Roosters would be in a much better position if Pierce stayed, is my point. I still think you're in the same boat, and I think then you piss Kiri off, and then long term you screw yeah. it anyway because you lose money halves again. But I don't and then Kronk retires in a year. They wouldn't be pissed off winning. He's sorted and got his business set up, and he's all hunky dory. But you've lost your house pairing. I just would have persisted with Kiri and Pierce, but mm. you know this is their bed. They're gonna have to sleep in it. Sydney Miller. I don't know if it's too late for fan questions. No, it's not, mate. But when Embiid goes to the Tigers, who will control the ship? Because Harry Reynolds and Brooks are all runners, not game managers. Uh, well, I feel that Brooks is a pretty good game manager now that he's in control this year. I know. Benji helps him out, but the set finishes today, the dropouts he forced in his kicking game, I think he can run a game. Mm. I think he'd be the one in charge longer term. Benji's probably going to retire. And the last thing he says here, how long will it take for the Bulldogs to be competitive again and who should they sign? At least three years. It's going to take a couple of years. And who should you sign? Christ, anyone that's up and coming at a club or on a lower to tier wage. Anyone you're going to get higher performance for less cash. Because basically that's the situation they're in right now where they need to just find value for money because yep. they just don't have money right now. Um, yeah, unfortunately for the doggies. Duncan Bridgeford, where do the Eels go from here? It's been obvious we've lacked to the forwards, but it seems this year, even when they hold their own in the middle, we still can't score points. I'm a huge fan, but it's becoming impossible. Well, I said earlier, it is impossible to watch. Where do you go from here? Well, God knows. First of all, they don't have a jam of football. I only found that out this week, so no one's helping Brad Arthur out or controlling that. you only found that out this week? Well, I didn't know they didn't have a... 
GM or general manager. They got Bernie Gurr or whatever, mm-hmm. but when they had the cuts or yeah. whatever they had a couple of years ago, it's, they never I think we spoke about it about a month ago. He doesn't have anyone there he trusts. It's insane. I think I think that's as much Brad Arthur as it is the Eels. It is, and he's also the he one. Doesn't wanna, he doesn't want to relinquish the control. He's also one of the ones, though, Duncan, which kills me, that as much as I think he's a good coach, he kept he gave Scott a long-term deal. He kept Tim Manor. He kept a few of these guys on. <laughs> he's backed a couple of players like yeah, Kenny Edwards and that that have been around that group. So at the same time, I think while well, he's done a good job, it's all kind of biting him in the ass yeah. at one time right now. and. Um, both Scott will be gone. Tim Manor's injured at the moment. I think he needs to be gone. They need a complete I think, revamp. I think it's as much about the off field as with, it is with Scott and Manor, definitely. Yeah. They helped that group, which is why I think he kept them there. But that's what I'm saying. They need a cultural clean on out field, and they need a on thing. field performance, on the other hand, not so good. Yeah. I for, think. for those guys. I don't know if he's, like said... Well, well you, maybe he thought he, he had juniors coming through that had come through at a faster rate, play better. I don't know. Well, that 20s team last year was pretty good. And yeah. I, I had their cup game the other week. Uh, probably the pick of the lot so far is the nine, Reed Mahoney. But you even, know has gone well. Neil Corey's from the Warriors, though. He's not from their 20 side. Mm. He's two-year project out of the Warriors 20 system. But Dane Akafalau, <laughs> watch out the week, the big centre. He's going okay, but... Uh, not demanding to be picked. Jamin Salmon, the kid they took from the Sharks, is playing quite well. He's a six, but again, at cup level, um, you know, he's only 19 years old, so you don't yeah. burn him yet. Look, I've, I watched some cup games on the weekend, and that standard is dog shit. The nine Mahoney's been good, but again, smaller body, um, even smaller than Will Smith and the guys are already in there, so he's going to be targeted in defence. Oregon Gafusi, I like. He's only 19. He's playing off the bench, so they're not ready right now yeah, to come not. in. So. I, I honestly, they basically need a cultural change, like Brock saying, and also some of those older blokes. They need front rowers and a nine more. The older guys have run out of petrol quicker than what he expected. Yeah. Andrew Cometa, I'm sure you boys have answered this in the past, but I'm a fairly new listener. I just want to know how two loads from Western Sydney support the Titans and Storm. Oh, God. <laughs> that question. So many times. P.S. Love the extra enthusiasm of Brock on last week's show. He was in fine form. Extra enthusiasm. There you go, mate. Everyone picked up on it. The New South Wales thing. It's lifted you up a peg. Yeah, it has. It lifts I feel confident. Well, a quick reason for it was Brock basically used to follow players, not so much a team. I follow Freddie. He That's followed it. Brad Fittler. He loves Brad Fittler. As a kid. And Freddie retired. Oh, well, uh, he was at Penrith, so I followed Penrith. And when he moved to the Roosters with Gus, I started supporting the Roosters. When he retired, like, I hate lost. the Roosters. <laughs> I hate the Roosters as a club, but I love Freddie. So, uh, yeah, and then I didn't go for anyone for a few years. I enjoyed the Tigers' run through... Uh, 05 and then when Scotty Prince went to the Titans new club I liked uh, Prince as a player so I just went started going for the Titans there you go and me I was a young bloke similar to Brock was saying but you grow up and you watch a lot of footy uh, we used to go to Penrith but I for some reason always used it as bet against them on the hill make $2 bets with uh, Pete Murphy a bloke that used to be there with us they'd miss the kick they'd lose the game I don't know why I just used to death ride the most You're weeks grub, mate. for some reason uh, also, they weren't really good during the time that we not used to... Not any good. They, they weren't that good when we used to go, so it was pretty hard to get on board. But I love Tawira Nikia, Stephen Kearney, a couple of those guys, and it just so happened by the time I was so out of nine years old that the storm was formed. And uh, I used to be a bit of a chubby front row as a kid. They used to call me Lazar, and Glenn Lazarus went there and he was the captain, the big with us. So a couple of the players that I liked to watch all went to one team at one time and stuck with the storm ever since. There you go. Robbie Ross, big fan as well, Kearney. Yeah, good yeah, times. So there you go. I used to death ride Penrith, even being a, a junior born on the hill. Good on you. Good times. What a, what a great seven year old kid that would have been. Oh, Oof. you're a little shit. Yeah, true. Adam Thomas. So the Broncos junior development in serious trouble. Less and less players seem to be coming out of their system. Also, who do you guys think will be coaching? 
Well, it's not that. Year. It's just that more the clubs are Australia wide now. It used to be that they just pick out of their own. Yeah, your state, you didn't move. Every every club's got an affiliation with one of those Queensland teams. Or a so scout somewhere. Exactly. So you're it's picking the eyes attrition. out of it. Yeah. Everyone knows it's a strong area. They're picking out of it. They are getting juniors out of it. They are. Katoni, Staggs, Ash Tart, there's players coming through. The fight is holding them and picking the right ones. The right ones. And they've made the wrong decisions the last few years, in particular in halves of who they've let go, which yeah. is why they're in the situation they've got now. But Offer Hen Galway and a lot of these guys that are playing it right there, right now, are from their system. They're producing forwards and outside backs, Jaden Sewer, etc. It's the halves that have been the critical decisions that they've got wrong. Yeah. That's the big one. Robbie Ryan, I agree with JT and Joe that late cheap shots and halves is out of control. But where do you draw the line and how do you enforce it? Maybe allow an NFL style blocker. No. No, you can't do that. That's completely. How about just don't fucking do it? Don't hit him late. Don't hit him late. The players know. Let's not yeah. make excuses for him. It's got to yeah. be hard line stance. Sin bin the motherfuckers. Yeah, if it's almost simultaneous and you're in the act and you're up your arms and you've got a half, good. That's pressure. That's fair pressure. But if he's past the ball, relaxed, and you hit him four seconds later, it's just a grub shot. Plain and simple. And at that level, it's not A-grade park footy where you're going to get away with it. And again, RLPA thing, player welfare, look out for our own. Well, then why are you wiping out your mate? Yeah, how about like, you start looking after your own? Practice what you preach. Yeah. Stephen Moorcroft, does pineapple belong on your pizza? Yeah, I like pineapple. On a Supreme, I'll cop it. Otherwise, no dice. Ham and pineapple, mate. Boom. Chicken. Yeah. Mount Druitt pizza. Sorry to everyone out there. Mount Druitt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, I'll work there. Come on, bro. It's a fat pizza. Anyone used to watch fat pizza the show? Shazza, she rings up Bobo. What's on a ham and pineapple? And he hangs up on her. So, you know, good times. Where's the Mount Druitt relationship there, mate? That's what on the show. Majazza was from Mount Druitt. Was, was she? she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was. You want to be careful, mate. Oh, come on, mate. Leave oh, it alone. People come and stab you. Ah, oh, good. All right, mate. <laughs> good times. Jay Smith, uh, the Burgess brothers, uh, the informed front row in the comp right now. Uh, I don't know. Well, if no, you want I'd to... say Penrith's front row is pretty informed. Pretty close. I think they're on par, if you want Can't to talk about up. it. But the last four weeks or so, they've been pretty bloody good. Tom's scoring tries like yeah, they're going out of fashion, and George is grabbing one as well. So they'd be pretty close to it. Do you think the Cowboys, and this is Troy Boone, uh, players that were brought in this week deserve another shot? I would bring back Thumper Scott, the rest of the others. The team looked heaps better for fresh talent. Well, next week, if uh, everyone came back in, Hess is going to be back on the side for Dunn, even though he played well. That's a no-brainer. Your origin player is going to come back in, so is Cooper, etc. Jensen needs to keep playing, and Tuala needs to keep playing. And I thought O'Neill was still pretty poor again the other night. So in particular, I think Tuala needs to be in that side. You got anything on that? No, all right. John Ashkay says, Brock, on Bryce Cartwright last podca- podcast, had me pissing myself. One thing you guys or even commentators failed to mention is he jumped out of the way of tackling Munster and Tedesco two backs. That's concerning. It's not like they're 115 kilo props. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's plays a prop you've got to tackle all of them. If you're a first grader, just make the fucking tackle. That's right. Forget who it is. Just make the tackle. That's the frustrating. I get your point. Yeah, like, I get that. Far out, man. As a coach, I don't give a shit who it is. Just make your tackle. You're a first grade footballer. You're an elite footballer. Mm. Your one job is to know how to fucking catch the ball and tackle people. And we'll cop an effort, like I said before, about Maloney missing tackles. He's small. He throws himself in front of most things. But if you're just not trying, full mm. stop. Come on, Cletus. We don't care if you're a front row or you're a winger. Just if he just hasn't tried. Plain and simple, and he's on half a million. Sydney Miller, how do, how do the dogs recover? Who should we buy? Oh, we've already answered this one before, but yeah. Come on, mate. mate. Yeah, well, it's in the inbox and it's in yeah, right. here, right, mate? Well, he's doubled up. He's doubled Good up. On him. He's getting everything covered. Good work, Sydney. Dominic Coogan, would anyone pick up Farrah for next year? Pretty handy as no. a backup hooker if you get him for the right price. Para, yeah. dogs, mate. Fool's gold. It's fool's gold. 
different club, different culture. When does his when does his current multi-million freaking deal? Yeah, okay. it's not multi-million. If you can now. get him for well, it's fucking nine hundred k, six hundred thousand. Yeah, but that's because the Tigers are footing some of it. No, because he had a year left and they paid part of it, and then South gave him a year on top that they paid him, which was right. less than. So they're paying about six hundred k right still now a lot for to a play cup. Seabold's definitely going to be get loving it. it, man. Going, he's got Crichton going, and he's got Farah. I reckon Seabold will make him an offer, but it's going to be half or less purely because the cap would allow you. You're paying 300 to play reserve grade. Well, if you're going top 27, averaged out the $9.16 million, it's no. basically saying 340 ahead. I'll say, yeah, but they've got a lot of dudes that are playing that are yeah, above playing that. Good football, but if For every dollar you go above, you need someone to go under. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I reckon he might try and I'll come I'll tell you back. how much it'd offer him. 100. The minimum wage is more than 100. Mate. What is it? What's the minimum wage? 120 or 15. Or All something. right, 150. 150k? Why not? Yeah, Robbie. It's double what bloody normal people well, you are. You know the other thing. He's not going to... He basically refuses to go to England as well. So if he doesn't want to go to England... He could go to England and earn... I know, but the thing is, I reckon he doesn't want to go. So if he doesn't want to, oh, if well. you're one of these clubs, who knows? Supply and demand, Robbie. You know? Supply and demand. I'm sure he could do a job for one of those guys for a year. Not in demand. But the other thing about it is you buy him for a year, then what? He's older. Like, he's not a long-term solution. So if you're the dogs or para, if you're the dogs and you're absolutely desperate, they're probably not a bad situation for them. But that's saying that Leash is gone, who they did re-sign, and Marshall King's not going to play nine next year. Mm. Or New Brown, who you bought. So then you've got four hookers all on small contracts and you don't know who's starting. Yeah, have fun with that. So for the Eels, again, it'd be a year plug-in and then, again, it doesn't solve the problem because he's older, so... He could be a handy backup or a starter for someone, Dom, but for the right price and depends who needs him. Daryl Parker, how the power, power shoulder charger to the head is not a – how is it not a send-off? So he's talking about morale. Yeah, it's a fair point. But I think we just need consistency with it. Yeah. Well, he'll get hammered by the judiciary. And Which is right shit. It doesn't help um, – well, it doesn't help Newcastle. Not that they needed the help, but mm. it's something that they shouldn't get away with on the field scot-free. Yeah. Mick Payne, should the ball now be classified as a deadly weapon? Thinking to weigh Graham last year and Madison this year. He's obviously missed a couple of weeks with the concussion. Yeah. Is what it is, I guess. Sometimes you unfortunately cut one in the scone, which both of those players have. Daniel Bennett says, which names come to mind in regards to the best Aussie players running around to never get a shot at origin? Mm. Best Aussie players running around. Never get, you're talking currently in the comp? Yeah. To never get a shot. Well, a lot of people feel that Ryan James should play, but oh, I, I, don't, stop. I don't agree with that one. Stop it. At least let me get it out of my mouth first, mate, before you cut me off. I wouldn't pick him either. Last week, they, did you read that story? Apparently, Freddie had rang him and they told him he was in until Clemmer had a blind and they told him to unpack his bag. So they literally had sent him tickets, everything. He was coming. He was in. <laughs> Clemmer was going to be out of the side. When I read that, I was like, that's crazy. Stop they, it. They've literally had him in. They were going to drop Clemmer all together for him and then they've rang him up and said, no, no. Clemmer's just had a blinder. Oh, wow. I'm trying to think. There's got to be a few Queenslanders. If it's, we, we do this every year where we bring up guys and then I just... It kind of drifts away or falls out of my head. Mm. It's hard on the spot at almost 10 o'clock at night to think about something like this. I should have had a coffee like you did. Even I, I still can't pick any up. I'm just thinking, trying to think of Queensland players who were behind. Like Jake Friend in his prime. Well, Jake Friend. clearly the second best hooker. McCulloch. Matty Ballon only got to play one game. Yeah, Matty There's Ballon. been plenty of fullbacks or guys that played decent amount of fullback, I guess, or in those halves positions. So you're seeing Benny Hunt get a crack right now. Cherry Evans, regardless of all the off-field stuff, a couple of years ago would have played more games if Cronk and Thurston weren't there. Mm. Um, New South Wales, I think Wade Graham should have been played earlier. Yeah. He's only played a couple of games now, and now he's back on the outer side of things. There's probably a few more guys, from more from the New South Wales side, I think, the last few years that have probably missed out. 
But off the top of my head right now, like I said, it's a bit out of ten at night. But Daniel, I think you're, you're he's, yeah, I think he's pretty calm with these kind of questions. He gets gets us good, Daniel. Good work, mate. Good work, Daniel. Yeah, good friend. work. He's just boldest middle nah, stump. Got us good, Daniel. Friend, how do you think the Blues will use their bench? And would that? Well, we went through that? that in the preview. Yeah, you'll get that in the preview. Drew Woodhouse, specific game plans that you guys think the Blues are well, We've already talked about that. Origin preview. Andrew Wales, first try score on Wednesday night. My money's on Val. No, no you're, no. you're a shark. He's a Sharkies you're fan. You're a Sharkies fan back on the Sharkies. Come on, Andrew. It's not a bad bet, but I think he's 10 to 1. Well, he was the first try scorer. He last scored a year. million tries in the uh, in the World Cup as well. I just couldn't. I could just feel dirty if I back to Queensland for first try. I've done it before. <laughs> you're, <laughs> yeah. a, you're a grub. I've done it before. I've I guess them. Andrew can sort of justify it because he's a Sharks fan. But that's why I I'll tell you what. Any it. Titans player that's playing for Queensland, I want him to snap in half. Ow. So Joy Arrow burn. Ruthless. Where? Don't care. Your best young player. There's no and, loyalty and at and all. You just death rod him. Just basically coming to fall apart. Burn. Rio Sism, how good are South Sydney going, boys? I know you do oh, it most weeks anyway, but when your side is on the up, you can never get a kick, never get sick of hearing how good it is. Best potty out there, as I say every time I tweet. Thanks, Legend. Cheers, yeah, no, they're going awesome. Good coach, good roster. Yep. Playing for each other. Johnny Sutton, hasn't he? he had a. We just said that before. Yeah, I know killer. that, but he's just. He's really shocked me. I thought he was done. A lot of guys that were on tilt or needed a change of scenery, we thought, have been sparked up by Seabold. The yeah. Twins, in particular, Cook getting his opportunity to play full time. Uh, obviously Sutton, another one who we thought was done. He's found life in a few of those guys, so good on him. Yeah. Emmanuel Arian says, so what's the verdict on Griffin's coaching ability since he joined the Panthers? I feel like a coach is only good as the cattle. Well, to some he's extent... He's got a pass mark. He's got a pass mark yeah. now, but this side is stacked. But I think Gus is expecting a premiership in and the next few years. I still think, and I stick my words a million times, that Cleary would have done a better job in the past year or so with the roster that was there. And that's my opinion. Yep. Only so. No one has to agree with that. But I, I tend to agree. Um, but yeah. he's not there, and I think they underachieved last year. There was a lot of murmurs off the field. Yep. Um, there was a big blue that went on during the preseason, which Penrith want to throw water on, but it was there. Uh, the wins have, have put that to bed, which wins do. So at the moment they're winning, and yeah, you look at them play, and you look at their roster, and we said it last week. They got almost thirty first graders, so. Mm. You'd expect them to win a comp in the next few years, but they might not have set yourself up. You can set yourself up to win a comp, but winning it is the hard part, isn't it? Well, they've basically come out and said, or Gus Gould said, they've got it locked in for the next two years, basically, the roster. So after 2019, next year's season, they're going to have a lot of trouble in 2020. They'll have have a lot of juniors coming through again. Same cycle will just keep continuing. David Spadaro, if I was Freddie the first day in camp, I race Adokar and Jimmy the Jet. Who wins over 40? Does it change over 100? Does Cook keep up them with a five-meter head start? I think or, I think Jimmy the Jet wins over 40. Hayden Knowles came out, I think, and said that he, he's he been in camp and Adokar is the quickest. Either, I reckon Adokar would win over 100. I reckon Jimmy getting over, over 40. 40. I reckon over the first 10 to 40, Cook would be very close, but over 100, I don't think he'd go with both of them. Freddie certainly would be running third in both those races. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, the Buckstar, what do you think Laurie Daly would have to say about the team selections? Who cares? He had his chance to fucking pick the team. I think he's more. Yeah, I think he's asking. I think he's more asking for an impersonation more so than that. Is he? I think Laurie would be disappointed <laughs> that his mate Woodsy is not in the team, and that I enjoyed Josh Jackson is not there either. I think he'd be disappointed Josh Morrison got to do this and the Hay- <laughs> the Hayne plane and the Morris brothers oh. and a lot of players that Laurie had in his team are not there anymore. Yeah. He'd be quite disappointed. Woody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good on Laurie wherever he's right now. Hope you're going well, champ. Well, what did what did 
What did Phil Rothfield have to well, say? He changed team? his team a couple of times, Brock. He had, <laughs> I had Ewan Aiken in the side, but James Roberts has just been irresistible. I don't know if he'll be in because he's had problems in mm. the past and the culture that Freddie's going for, but I think he'll he be, would be He would be disgusted that Wade Graham didn't get selected. He totally would too. And Andrew Fafita, would you consider him for the two games? If he's the best front row in the comp, you've yeah. got to pick him. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Joey, Dragons Man Forever says, hey, lads, I know the Dragons are top four, but I still think there's a load of improvement left. I think the bench needs some changing. I would have Robson, Armout, Sale, Leilua. Robson can be a game changer coming on after 30. Move McInnes to 13. Thoughts? Well, then what do you do with Jack DeBellin? Yeah. You're pushing him out into the front row and taking uh, Vorney off the field or James Graham off the field and getting Armow in there. I think he doesn't trust the bench, which is disappointing. I wouldn't carry a second nine. McInnes is an 80-minute player. Uh, and just leave him out there. I think Armow and Sele need to play. I think Host needs to come onto the bench. Mm, I like Host. And as for after that, I don't know. He wants Lattimore an extra prop, but Look, he doesn't really trust him. So. I agree. There's a lot of improvement left in the Dragons. He doesn't well, trust I think the, bench, the team though. out of South, the Dragons and Penrith, Melbourne for me looked the one that you just go, you're just waiting for them to click. Um, the Roosters again are that side. Like we, they were the two that we probably thought would be there or thereabouts, but... The one of those uh, top three teams that really improves between now and the end of the year doesn't get a lot of injuries. I think can, well, should probably win the comp. Yep, that's fair enough. So can they? For me, have they hit their ceiling now? Is is my point? Have they hit their ceiling now, or can they improve between now and the end of the year? That's the challenge. Well, I'm going to go out and say right now that I don't think they can win the comp because of Who? the bench, the Dragons. I said at the start I put him in my eight, and I reckon one to thirteen they're absolutely stacked, mm-hmm. but. As soon as they get an injury and one of those guys has to move in to start. Like, who's got the best bench, you reckon, there at the moment? Probably Penrith. Penrith. If you're going to go, who's got, who they've got to come back to. South's got a pretty good bench. They can bring on Kikau and Tarmow. And say what you will about Tarmow. He's better than most front rollers, let origin, alone bench front rollers. And then footy, you've got yeah. Hetherington, who's a young bloke with a great potential. <clears throat> yeah. And they can change that other role to put Katoa there, who can play 13 yeah, and 9. Yeah. Wallace gets back, or they can pick Wade yeah. Egan. So. They've got one of the better benches. I think if the Roosters get it right with Tedavano, Radley, Tokiaho, Napa, Wira Hargraves, they can have three guys in the I bench. Just, that are for me, I look at it and I go, I just think Melbourne or the Roosters are going to get hot. One of them is going to get hot. Well, the Roosters, to me, have got a better chance. I think they got a better chance. And then side. I just think these other three, one of them will definitely drop away. And I think my different point that I'm making here is South, I think, have got depth, even though the bench mm. players aren't as flashy. So if you were going to gamble at the moment, you would say Penrith and South will be the two and Dragons will be the one to drop away. They'll drop. They won't be out of the eight, but I just look at their bench. He doesn't trust. No, them. but what I'm saying is, at the end of the year when the whips are cracking, yeah. you've got those other two ahead of the dragons. Yeah, and I think bench is important. Mm. See, and I don't. I don't have an opinion on that at the moment. I just. It's going to be hard to judge. But yeah. I'm, just, I'm just going off what I've seen in the first twelve games. They've had the least amount of injuries. They pick one to thirteen every single week, and he still doesn't at really the trust moment, the bench. At the moment, if you put a gun to my head and said who will win the comp right now, I'd say South. I would say. Yeah, South or Penrith. But I'm just saying, you know the bench is important. I know the bench is important. If you trust one player and you give... I just like Penrith. I like Penrith for the fact that they've got a lot of depth. Yeah, and I think South don't have the same quality of depth. Yeah, they've they've got a good 17. They've proved that their 17 is good. Because come grand final, you can only pick 17. 30 means nothing. Totola and Clark and these guys have done more than just a plug-in job. They're doing a job. Cameron Murray can't fit in their start side. He's better off the bench. very lucky. They've got 30 that can get them there, and they've got good 17 once they get there. I've, like I said, 1 to 13, Dragons can go with anyone, but mm. it's when they have to put their bench on. Yeah. If you've got, they trust Armour, but. So semi final is going to be interesting. Lattimore doesn't get enough minutes, and he I does. I just really hope that 
Yeah, it's one to five is Penrith, South, Dragons, Roosters, Storm. Well, the Roosters for me again. Full strength. And then outside of that, who do you, the Sharks will be there. Yeah, but full strength, all things ticking. You're looking at a bench that could, like I said, have Tokiaho, mm. Radley, Tedavana. Warriors, I'd like to see there. So that's a good side. They're the seven, I like. And then the eighth spot, whoever. Yep. Hayden Ward, can we please get all the trainers off the field during yes. play? Let, let the players figure it yes. out. Yes. Yeah, well, you're never going to get out with us on that one. Oh, man. And the last I, one. Well, how often did you get sent out with a message this year as my runner? Well, I only went out when I needed to go out. Or when I had an interchange or if something yeah. was glaring. Because as a coach, I just go, to have a trainee standing behind them well, says the to me that your team doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're exactly. not prepared. Exactly. No arguing with you there. The Braddo, last one. With most New South Wales fans happy with the side that has been picked, if they lose, will it be game plan, nerves, errors, but surely not a better team that beats nerves, them? Nerves, definitely. Nerves, big occasion, surface, Queensland... Queensland don't know how to lose because they haven't lost in so long. They just expect to win. And that mindset's hard to change. So that's, But the thing is, the, the majority of this side hasn't experienced that before, so they're going to be ready to rock and roll, I hope. The Blues, come I on. I agree. Well, there you go. We've kind of changed things on the fly, but uh, our, is that it? our tips and our preview is for round 14 will be done with our origin review after yeah. the game. Once we know lineups a bit better and if anyone's injured or coming out of that game, and we'll go through our tips in the So betting. when are we going to record that, brother? We are going to record that. Well, when do we get back? We get back Thursday. Thursday. Thursday night I've got baby classes. Well, it might have to be, <laughs> might, it might have to be Friday if we can, but the Friday. round's already on. So we'll we'll slot it in. We'll slot it in. Well, yeah, we might. Thursday, Arbo. Well, it's going to have to be a quick jamming, isn't it? Boom. So. We might even do it at the airport. <laughs> well, we'll have to make something work because the fans will have to get it. But uh, yeah, you get your tips and all the odds and all the bits and pieces and the gossip brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Thursday, and just remember, keep your eyes on those betting links that they're going to have and those bonus offers. There'll be something uh, with an offer or a tip for the Origin game and a sign-up and a bonus bet offer like they've had with the Ladbrokes one just passed. That package, half price, $90. Get on board. The last four weeks, they've been on fire. $2,237 in profit now for the year, the Pro Sports Syndicate. Uh, big thanks to Penrith Solar Centre. As you mentioned before, get on board with them. And we've got two others we have to thank, as always, Nepean Boltmaster. Was and the blokes there. They're your complete fastening system supplier with their main office at Penrith, and they've got another at Seven Hills. They boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products not in the region, but throughout the state. But there's a lot more than just fasteners. You'll also find industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting and materials and handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints and general hardware items. The PM Boltmaster provides total need sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and all industry segments. So if you're a tradesman, get on to www.nepbolt.com.au. Give them a call. Email was and the boys there at Nepean Boltmaster. If you're a tradie, they can sort all your needs. And to Paul and Adam, Poker Deluxe, if you're the football club, we've done it before, plenty of people out there. You need fundraising ideas, look no further than www.pokerdeluxe.com.au. They will help out your sports team if you've been looking for a fundraiser. They've been doing it for over 10 years. They're the industry leaders for fundraising for sports clubs. They're passionate about what they do and they're committed to helping uh, raise much-needed funds. Their fundraiser comes with a guaranteed $1,000 profit as a minimum. They also provide all the equipment, host on the night, and over $2,000 worth of prizes to be won. It's a no-brainer. If you're on a committee, have a chat to the boys at pokerdeluxe.com. See how they can guarantee you that $1,000 profit. To date, they've raised over $1.5 million. So make sure you get onto them, www.pokerdeluxe.com.au. And you get $100 off your fundraiser if you get onto the boys there boxing. Mm. So excellent. 
All our sponsors, thank you. Thursday Arvo, man, that's when we're on. There you go. We're Thursday on. Arvo, we will do a review of Origin Game 1 and we'll do all our tips thanks to the Pro Sports It'll Syndicate. be short and sharp, but we'll Gossip get Gossip and uh, we'll give you all those bits and pieces that we haven't given you tonight. But, yeah, massive show here. All your fan questions done and dusted. Quick review of that shortened round. Uh, massive, I think, overhaul or view of Origin Game 1. Yeah, man. And as usual, we rant and rave and say we're going to try and knock this over. It's still gone for an hour 45. Good times. Great. So for everybody out there, hopefully uh, you've got all the information you want for Origin. I thought we were pretty comprehensive. Absolutely. And the short That's why rant. I went for an hour 45. <laughs> Plus all... Oh, well, it's more the fan questions than the Shit. reviews, mate. The Origin preview is about 30 minutes. So. That's okay. It's fan questions. I'm not questions. complaining, man. I don't care. We always give it to the fans. That's why. We give it to the we fans. We give to the fans, which is why things blow out, but it's a good time. So there you go. Fingers crossed if you're a Blues fan out there that we can finally find some joy. If you're a Queenslander, I would like to say good luck to you. But after winning for the past decade... I don't care about Queensland people. Smash your head on the table. Yeah. Fingers crossed <laughs> we can finally get a W. But uh, two great sides, a new era in origin. Honestly, I'm excited, not just because I think New South Wales have a better chance, but just it's been pretty steady for a long time now. But to have almost 21 new players introduced within the back end of the last series and this new series... We're about to see a new uh, generation of Origin players. So, yeah. fingers crossed we have a cracking game one down there June 6 at the MCG. The Blues, can they get the job done with 11 debutants or will the Queensland revolution continue? Eight blooded last year, three more now. Will things roll on? We will see. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league until Thursday. Yeah. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.